millions of people have lost weight with personalized plans from Noom, like Evan, who can't stand salads and still lost 50 pounds. Salads generally for most people are the easy button, right? For me, that wasn't an option. I never really was a salad guy. That's just not who I am. But Noom worked for me. Get your personalized plan today at Noom.com. Real Noom user compensated to provide their story. In four weeks, the typical Noom user can expect to lose one to two pounds per week. Individual results may vary. A lot can happen in three years. Like a chatbot may be your new best friend. But what won't change? Needing health insurance. United Healthcare Tri-Term Medical Plans, underwritten by Golden Rule Insurance Company, offer flexible, budget-friendly coverage that lasts nearly three years in some states. Learn more at UH1.com. Hi, and welcome once again to History Dweeps. I'm your host, Tim, and welcome to the podcast where we take a lighthearted look at the dark side of history. And the topic of our podcast today is The Last Tsar, a story about Nicholas II and the death of the Romanovs. Uh, the Romanovs, of course, ruled uh, Russia for 300 years, and that all came to an end uh, 100 years ago this year, Colonel, mm-hmm. in 1917, uh, when the uh, Russian Revolution occurred and the Romanov family was brutally murdered. So we're going to talk about um, their lives and, uh, and their demise. But before we do that, uh, I want to introduce our panel. Uh, before I introduce our panel, though, I would just like to remind everyone that we are a, an adult uh, comedy podcast. We use uh, language that may, some may find offensive. Comedy is pretty fast and loose. Yeah, we crack each other up. Yeah, yeah, right. Uh, but we do use uh, foul language from time to time. So if that's not she your does. thing, if that's not your thing, uh, you may want to uh, check out some other podcasts. But if you're not offended by adult language, then by all means, uh, hang in there with us. So uh, let me introduce first um, the lady who has quite the reputation. What the hell does that mean? Well, uh, first of all, I, sh- I used the, the word lady. The word lady very loosely. <laughs> Careful. Uh, but the very lovely and talented. Very lovely today. Uh, you had a meeting today, didn't you? No. I look you like didn't have a meeting? ass. I don't have on any makeup. Yeah. My eyes are puffy. I got to Well, you're zit. just a natural beauty devil. You don't need to make My up. eyebrows, though, are tight. That's They're always tight. I know, right? Yeah. It takes have... a lot of upkeep. The very lovely and talented, the queen of mean, the mistress of the macabre, the empress of evil, Satan's dirty little secret, pill popping, penis loving, Brandy. How are you today, Brandy? I'm wonderful, Timmy. How are you? I am doing fine. Glad you decided to show up for work today. Well, thank you. I'm, uh, I had a the sinus infection from hell. I was at death's door. Mm-hmm. And, but I'm back. Uh, because I come in to do this podcast because Lord knows if I'm away, there's no fucking podcast being produced. You have the computer. You have the computer. Do you guys own a computer? I own a computer. Yeah. You, have, you have no idea how to how to record. You have no idea I'm, how to upload. I'm gonna well, have to you train. got a Mac. I don't know how to work a goddamn Mac. I'm going to have to train Yeah. You. I'm going to have to train you guys. What happens if so? What if I would die? The well, podcast would quit would the end. podcast. 
Well, we, then we get we get you replaced. There's all kinds of. I, we would replace you. I mean, it, we. Probably I'd have fairly to, quickly. We'd probably walk outside and find one of those guys pushing a shopping cart. <laughs> yeah, because that, there is well adjusted as you are. Yeah, okay. we could get we could get that guy. Hmm. Scooter. <laughs> Scooter. Uh, Scooter. I think he's dead. I think Scooter's dead. We too. had a guy who lived in the neighborhood, and his name was Scooter. And he. Well, took, I don't know if that was his <laughs> name. That's what well, we called him. That's what we called him. It took him what, like, uh, forty-five minutes to walk, like fifteen feet. Yeah, it, was it took it slow. took him thirty. It took him thirty minutes to walk one block. block. Yeah. No. Thirty minutes. Not like. Are you talking like an entire city block? Or no. One of those little blocks on the concrete. <laughs> no, I timed him one time. It took him ten seconds to walk one of the eight foot blocks. Yeah. He he shuffled Scooter. his feet six feet six inches at a time. Well, and you know he would always take two steps forward, three steps back. <laughs> He'd stumble all the time. He was a good guy. You gave him a you gave him a coat, didn't you? Yeah, he gave it away. I gave him a coat, and he gave it away. <laughs> <laughs> well, he's, he was a generous, a generous bum, but yeah. he was a good guy. Okay. So, anyway, uh, okay, uh, let's move on. Uh, Brandy, time is over. Oh. Let me let me introduce the. We spent half my time talking about scooter. <laughs> <laughs> let me introduce the. Uh, well, are you excited about this topic, the Romanoffs? I'm thrilled. Good. I'm thrilled. You know, I'm over here reading Obama memes. They make me so happy. Okay. You know, this This one I like to me is... Uh, actually, this was your suggestion, Colonel. It was my suggestion. We went up to a play. My, Matt, my son I, was in me, a play. Let me introduce you. First. Okay, yeah. Okay. Let me introduce the moral compass of our podcast, the man of a thousand faces, the man of a thousand voices, the man of a thousand uh, sexually transmitted diseases. <laughs> there you go. The one and only, uh, the very the moral compass of the podcast, the most dangerous nope. man in podcasting today, the Reverend Colonel Charles Beauregard Hawk Waters the Third, affectionately known as Southern Gentleman. How are you today, Colonel? I'm wonderful today, Timmy, and I and I'm I'll tell you why I'm very I'm just I'm relieved, Timmy. I'm relieved, and uh, I didn't say anything to our listeners or anybody else because I didn't want it uh, in, to unduly worry anyone. Why? Well, last week I had noticed a lump on Rudy's chest. Timmy. Oh. So Saturday we took him into the vet, and the vet said it's it's harder and it's more fixed than mm-hmm. he likes to see. And he recommended a biopsy on the on the thing. So Saturday morning we did it, and uh, we did the biopsy. They we didn't do it. The vet did it, and uh, well, thank God. Of course, Sunday, you know, at the service of the latter day first. Mm-hmm. You don't even day know, colonel, do you? You don't even know. We, the name uh, is. we, the whole congregation, Timmy, that got down on their knees, uh-huh. on their knees. Now, not like when you got down on your knees because you needed a better grade in economics, really? devil. Really? Uh, we all got down on our knees and prayed for the dog. We brought the dog in. We put our hands on the dog. I don't think you want to talk anything about me being and on I, my knees. And we got his results back, and it was all. It was just a cyst. He's healthy as a healthy as a horse, Timmy. Really healthy as a dog. Healthy as a dog. Yeah. yeah. Well, that's good, Colonel. We're but this story, I, oh, I but have the story continues. I, m- I'm sorry that he had a health scare. Well, it was quite a health scare. The now this story I got interested in because my son, you know, I went up to Chicago because my son mm-hmm. was in a play and he was playing the the boy. Um, uh, uh, oh yes, Alexi. Nicola or Alexia, yeah. mm-hmm. and uh, you know, brothers can be brutal. 
mm-hmm. to each other. Are you really getting ready to do this? Brothers can be brutal. And uh, so we're talking about the play and everything else, and Tanner's in the car. And he's the play about the Romanoffs. The Romanoffs. And Taylor said, well, aren't you afraid you're going to be typecast as a homophiliac the rest of your life? <laughs> <laughs> I thought that was pretty uh, clever on Taylor's part. That was. Uh, of course, Alexi, uh, the youngest of the Romanov's children, was a hemophiliac. Hemophiliac, yes. but Taylor referred to Tana as a homophiliac. The rest of the Tana is, Tana is part of our beloved LBGT community. He is. But his brothers, uh, and, and if you have three boys, you know that they will, it doesn't matter. If, if one of them lost an eye in a terrible accident, the other one would call him Blinky. I mean, they, they have no compassion for each other. Anything you can mock. I wonder mock. where they get that. I mean, I wonder. Uh, it's that, it's yeah, a mystery. You ever, you ever met the mother? Uh, yeah. She's a cruel, cold We should woman. really get Scooby on it because I can't <laughs> yeah. figure out how, why they would have been But it was an like interesting that. play, and it drew me in, and, and yeah, well, I just Thank uh, you for suggesting this, Carl. Of course, and, and let me... <laughs> Let me say and that, cut. Yeah, let's uh, get. We got to roll. But let let me just say that um, we're going to talk a little bit about Rasputin during this story, but we're not going to focus on him, even though he's like comedy gold. But we already did a podcast. We on did Rasputin. one on Rasputin. Yes, and it's in our inventory. It's in our library. So if you would like to check that out, please do so. We have a whole podcast on the Bad Monk. We're going to talk about him briefly, but we're really going to focus on uh, the czar, the czarina, and their five children um, during for this story. So with that said, I just want to um, let me give us sh- the shout outs for our Patreon supporters, and we're going to jump right into the story. We would like to um, uh, thank those of you who support us on Patreon. It means a lot to us. It shows that not only that not only are you helping us, um, you know, pay the bills and and keep the podcast on the air, but it, it's you know you're showing us that you appreciate the work that we do, and we're really grateful for that. So, um, for those of you who support us on Patreon, we would like to thank you, and um, that includes Alicia and Chip. Uh, who've been with us almost from the beginning. Thank you very much, Alicia and Chip. Cindy Lou, Bridget, uh, uh, Bridget Clavey, Jen Moyer, Jason Dykes. Thank you, Jason. Uh, we got a new sponsor, uh, Diane Student, who is the podcaster from uh, a host of History Goes Bump podcast, which is really good. If you get a chance, check it out. She also gave us a very nice shout-out in her last... Yeah, she did all this new show. Yeah, it's nice. really good. So check out History Goes Bump. If you like that kind of history with a little paranormal included, um, that is definitely a podcast for you, History Goes Bump. Uh, Brandy McBride, thank you very much. Amber Trevino, thank you, Amber. Annette Petray uh, in New York City, thank you, Annette. Uh, Lise, thank you, Lise. We appreciate it. Uh, Lise over in Norway. Leslie Hager, thank you, Leslie. Amber Scoville, thank you, Amber. Uh, Jahara, Andrew Happ, thank you, Andrew. Mandy Swanson, Jennifer Siemens, of course, and her mother, Linda, and uh, and Jennifer's son, Hunter, thank you for supporting the podcast. Heather Poole, 
um, Allie and Charlie from the Insight Podcast, which I listened to that last night, their latest episode last night. If you like mysteries and uh, true crime, definitely check out Insight. Thank you, ladies, for supporting podcasts. We're looking forward to meeting you at CrimeCon in June. Um, and uh, we got a new sponsor, Joe Hopkins. Uh, Joe is uh, from New York, and uh, he's a big supporter of the show. And uh, he, uh, in addition to supporting us on Patreon, he made a very nice post about the program on, on the Facebook page uh, podcast we listen to. And uh, it was very nice of you, Joe. We really appreciate your support as well as all of you who uh, chimed in, uh, we, Mary Ray, and uh, oh, we just had a, l- a whole list of people who uh, mentioned us. And every time we get mentioned on that uh, page and, and other podcast pages, people it just, say how much we suck. No, 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 not at all, not at all. They're very supportive, and we get a lot of uh, new listeners. So that is something that, you know, we can't, you know, we can't, that's something money can't buy. So thank you, Joe, for not only supporting us through Patreon, but being out there and supporting us uh, out there and supporting us on these other pages, you and Mary Ray and Stephanie Quick. And I'm, I don't want to leave anyone out, but, and Charlie, uh, Charlie uh, left us a very nice comment on. So thank Charlie you. Charlie can be very sweet. At yeah. Times. Well, she usually is very sweet. Maybe not to you, but she's very sweet to Brandy and I most of the time. Pretty much, yeah. She's a lovely woman. Yeah. So um, thank you all very, very much. Uh, and uh, with that, if you would like to support the podcast uh, on Patreon, just go to patreon.com slash historydweebs, where you can give a little, you can give a lot, or just a wee little bit. Yeah, every little bit helps. Thank you very much. I <coughs> look forward to... Uh, seeing some of you at uh, CrimeCon coming up next June. Hopefully, uh, you'll be able to make it. And if you're intent, if you are intent to uh, to um, attend the CrimeCon uh, festivities, please let us know because we're going to be there at least one day, right, guys? Yes, we'll be there Saturday. Uh, probably get there Friday night and be there all day what? Saturday. Yeah, we haven't decided. I might get there Friday night. It I depends might, on. I'm thinking about doing two two days as well. So I don't know if Mrs. Colonel's going or not. I don't know what she's doing. Okay, but we would definitely be there one night, right? Mm-hmm. Okay, and we would love to meet all of you that we can. So let us know, and we will certainly um, love to meet you. All right, let's get into. The last czar, the death of the Romanovs. Been working on this one for a while. Started on this one over the holidays, um, which I, you know, I, th- I find it a fascinating story and a timely story because, uh, of course, it was a uh, hundred years ago, to, in 1917, that um, the Russian Revolution occurred, which eventually led to um, the Bolshe- uh, Bol- Bolsheviks. <laughs> <laughs> being taken over Russia and of course uh, it was a communist revolution and uh, so it changed not only Russia but changed the world but uh, prior to 1917 in fact 300 years prior to 1917 Russia was ruled by uh, the Romanov dynasty and it was one of the longest um, the longest uh, dynasties in the world. Uh, the House of Romanov ruled Russia 
from 1613 until... Uh, March 15, 1917, as a result of what was then called the February Revolution. Of course, then there was a civil war uh, which uh, between um, the uh, whites and the, uh, and the Red Armies, whites supporting uh, the monarchy. The white, the white Russians. The white That's Russians uh, supporting <clears throat> the uh, monarchy. And, of course, the Bolsheviks or the Red Russians, the Communists uh, being the Red Russians, uh, which they came out on top. So there should be a lot in the media about this, I imagine, at this point uh, throughout the year. So we wanted to kind of get ahead, ahead of the curve, Timmy. Exactly. You so, heard it here first, listeners. That's right. So for 300 years, many Russians, including the Romanov family themselves, believed the Romanov family ruled Russia uh, by divine right, that uh, the Romanovs were God's representatives on earth. Kind of like you, Colonel. Well, somebody got somebody <clears throat> got to be his voice down here, Timmy. There was yeah. so much evil and so much. And you, of course, are one of the chosen ones. One of the chosen few, Timmy. I like to think so. The uh, Romanov czars, including Peter the Great, uh, he probably was the most famous czar, wouldn't you think? Um, yeah, I would say so. And it, wouldn't it be funny if they called him the Great Peter? <laughs> it would be. <laughs> yeah, it's like that whole uh, thing, like with Spanish, where you have the adjective before mm-hmm. the noun. Yeah, or, the yeah, Great or, Peter. N- yeah, no. This would be the verse. Right? It'd be like English, where you have the adjective before the noun. I guess they are doing it like the Spanish, yeah, of yeah. putting the noun and in the verb. So, Peter the Great. Uh, had ruled Russia, uh, and all the czars had ruled Russia with an iron fist for three centuries. As I said, in uh, 1913 marked the 300th uh, anniversary of the Romanov rule in Russia. But it would end four years later. Um, so this, the change began really in the late 19th century. Uh, Although the Romanovs were revered by most Russians, the then Tsar, Alexander II, uh, this is late 1800s, was feeling pressure to, to open things up a bit, to ensure that people had civil rights. You know, because like, until like the late 1800s, uh, you know, there were still serfs in, in mm-hmm. Russia. So, I mean, um, you know, Human rights were not, you know, the most important thing um, to the uh, to the Russian czars over the years. But anyway, that started. I think the whole surf system was good. You want to bring <clears throat> it back? Well, well, we're getting pretty close to bringing it back. The way they pay me at the county, but and your role on the podcast <clears throat> and my role on the podcast. Yeah, I'm I'm damn near a surf. I'm just a head up, but but I mean, people knew their place then, Timmy. Yeah, people well, knew their place. I'm not sure that's a good thing, Colonel. But okay, it's like the devil. You know she'd be. A, you know what she'd be. Yeah, she queen. Yeah, uh, she would. I don't think so. Oh, I'd be queen. You'd be one of those witches casting spells. Whatever. And you know what? If I did, you know what I'd be? Queen. <laughs> I'd be queen. Sorry to interrupt, Timmy. I'm no, sorry. I know that's quite all right. That uh, although, uh, although still revered. revered 
by most Russians. Um, Tsar Alexander II, he was feeling pressure to, you know, to change and develop an electoral bo a body to advise him on important decisions, which was called Colonel, do you remember? What's that? The electoral body that still, in fact, I guess, plays some role today in Russia. The Politburo. The Duma. Oh, the Duma. Right. The Duma. Oh, the Duma, yeah. Yeah. After I... much uh, convincing by his advisors, Alexander II, this is in the late 1800s, decided to announce to his court that he was willing to implement some reforms that would one day lead to a constitutional monarchy, much like it's in England, right? <clears throat> and that's where he went wrong. Well, he, he had the juice, he had the power, he started to give it away to the people. Too. Well, on March 13th, 1881, two days before he was to announce these reforms, Alexander fell victim to an assassination plot in St. Petersburg. So he's about ready to give the people what they want, and um, uh, he gets killed. He was in a carriage, um, and someone threw a bomb, a bomb, like a hand grenade, basically, um, shaped as an Easter cake. Nice. <laughs> Um, the bomb exploded outside the Tsar's carriage, um, but it didn't hurt the Tsar because the uh, carriage was bombproof. It had been a gift from Napoleon III. Now, had the carriage just then proceeded back to the Winter Palace where the Tsar and his family lived, all would have been well. But the Tsar, I guess to his credit, insisted on getting out of the carriage to check to see if there were anyone hurt from the blast. And that's when a second assassin was waiting and hurled another bomb, shaped like a cake, at the Tsar. Uh, the bomb exploded, and Tsar Alexander II was mortally wounded. See, Colonel, you try to do a good—that's what they're talking about, safety in place. Safety in place. Don't, don't be going to help people. That's, that's where you get—you know, really, though, and—, and uh, like Syria, that's what they've been doing. And, and the mm -hmm. terrorists, that's what they do. They set off one bomb, mm -hmm. get all the people to come and help, and then that second bomb goes off. And yeah, that's where it gets most, uh, mm -hmm. does the most damage. Well, it was pretty a pretty gruesome sight. His legs were blown off. Part of his head was blown off. Uh, one eye was blown out. He was still that happened on Breaking Bad. Mm-hmm. Yeah, what, does, uh, what, someone got their legs blown off? Yeah, you can't mess Gotta around with those meth face labs. face blown yeah. off. yeah. It was sweet. So the Tsar was Tsar Alexander II was mortally wounded. Uh, he insisted on returning to the Winter Palace, uh, and he was taken there. And in front of his son Alexander III and his grandson Nicholas II, Alexander the, his son Alexander III was a uh, was heir to the throne. Um. He bled to death. So well, yeah. any plans for reform pretty much was over when Alexander II died. When his son Alexander III assumed power, um, he was very autocratic. So he was like, eh, this uh, Duma thing, let's uh, put this on the back burner. Plus he was a little pissed off that they killed his father. That would make you hold a grudge. Didn't yeah. Make you cranky. Yeah. yeah. So, Depends uh, on what your relationship was like with your father, really. 
Probably so, but uh, he didn't like the idea of having a Duma telling him what to do. So Alexander III, who assumed the power after his father's death, said, uh, you know, this whole reform business, eh, we're going to pass. We're going to stick a pin in that for now. Yeah, we're going to stick a pin in it. And um, I hate that. <laughs> so although I, it was a— uh, Let's circle back around on that one. Yeah, yeah it turned out to be— a pin in your eye. <laughs> kind of turned out to be a poor decision, though, because it would eventually lead to the Russian Revolution. Yeah. <laughs> um, so he kind of, you know, that kind of sealed his family's fate, really. Um, Alexander III uh, ruled Russia with an iron fist. He was a workaholic. He spent every uh, all of his spare time, uh, or sp- very little time, with his family. He paid no attention to his son, the Tsarevich, which is, or heir, which is was Nicholas II, young Nicholas II. Nicholas II was a shy, timid little boy who was interested, more interested in reading and playing with his toy soldiers than he was about learning about affairs of the state. Alexander was a strong influence on his son, uh, shaping his conservative religious values and beliefs in autocratic rule. you got to remember, this was uh, the three things that shaped Russia was... Uh, the, the autocratic government, the czar and the family, and religion, right? The orthodox religion. The orthodox church. Yeah. <clears throat> and they, they all, to the Romanovs, these were all part of the same thing. Mm-hmm. So any thought of giving up power was almost like a sin. They thought they were ordained by God to rule Russia. And that's having a pretty high opinion of yourself. But, Colonel, I'm, I, I know you can relate to that. I can relate a little bit because I believe you think you was ordained by God to rule this podcast. Amen. Yeah. <laughs> can I get an amen, sister? Amen. <laughs> yeah, because you rule with an iron fist over here. It's like working yeah, for— Yeah, but, you know, it makes the, the, the train the runs The trains are on time. I know, train Mr. Stalin. There's no confusion or delay. <laughs> no, there's not. Uh, Nicholas, young Nicholas II, received his education through a a string of private tutors. Uh, While Nicholas excelled in history and foreign languages, uh, ironically, he struggled to comprehend the subtleties of politics and economics. And, of course, Brandy excelled in economics, (laughs) Charles. Yes, she did. Oh, my God. She She got arthritis today from excelling in economics, but... Uh, for your really? listeners who are not mm. familiar with the story, Brandy it's had sex important. with her economics professor. In a college. number of it's times. It's not important. A number of times. A number of times. Really? A number of positions. Yeah. What? Yeah. Mm. Oh, my but God. But she did quite well. She got an A in the class, so. <laughs> no, she still got a B. <laughs> no. <laughs> and he got a BJ. He got a BJ. She got a B. Really? Uh, you want to talk about BJs, Chuck? <laughs> you want to talk about BJs? I'm good. Uh-huh. What's, what's I'm not the, sure what road she headed down uh, there. But I, I, well, I, because, you know, he's got his dick down so far down somebody's throat that I'm pretty sure. Huh? Yeah? No. You know what? Forget it. Go ahead. Hmm. I'm all right. I think she's giving me one of those passive-aggressive moments there. Hmm. I think she's uh, making implications. I, 
Oh, I'm making some implications. <laughs> See, I picked up on that. Then I was correct. Look at you. I'm making implications. Uh, God did not put me here to run this podcast for nothing. Well, to make matters worse, um, his father. Uh, do you have to be so vulgar? Yeah, see, that's why we lose listeners. Uh, I I have to do a disclaimer. I'm over here minding my business, and you all want to bring up Candy Crush. You're playing Candy No, it was more than 20 20 years years ago. ago. (laughs) Whatever. Yeah, right. 25 years ago, maybe. Actually, it was 20 years ago. 20 years ago today. It was 20 years ago today. No, not today. So you're blowing him after you graduated? What's (laughs) up with that? It was college. (laughs) Jesus. You were trying to get a job. Did you think he was going to go back and change your grade? Jeez. Every time she had an evaluation on a job, she run back to an e-comp professor. Micro oh. or macro, Randy? Get on with the fucking story. <laughs> All right. Uh, so his father provide. His father didn't really, you know, he didn't really take uh, young Nicholas under his wing. He thought he was going to live forever, and uh, he, you know, he didn't really train Nicholas to be the czar. When Nicholas was 19, though, he joined the Army. He, th- he spent three years in service. Uh, he toured Ru- uh, Europe and Asia for about 10 months. He got attacked in Japan. Some wacko came up and tried to try to cut his head off. <laughs> that yeah. sucks. Yeah, it does. And uh, he forgave him, though. I mean, he was like, you know. He, he forgave him? Yeah. I mean, you know. Well, I mean, the Lord tells you, turn the other cheek, devil. Yeah. But the interesting Have you never thing, forgiven they, would, anybody they, they saved the uh, shirt. No. Never that he would, when he was traveling, when he got attacked, where he bled, they saved that shirt and they put it in a museum. And it was used later on to uh, uh, for DNA to identify the Tsar's family. And his, uh, you know, when we'll get into that a little bit later, but uh, they were lost for a while. No, I do not forgive and I hold a grudge forever. Yeah, I can't. We kind of got that. Yeah, we got that part. But apparently. You're still going back, getting, trying to upgrade your uh, score in economics. I don't what? Understand. I don't understand. When's the last time you saw your economics professor? 20 years ago. All right. Well, he's much older now. He's are you probably, guys friends on he's Facebook? Probably, he's probably, we are not. He's probably dead. He might be. Yeah. He was and probably, that's okay. He was probably pushing 70 then. He wasn't pushing anything. <laughs> 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 He was yeah, not pushing yeah. 70. I'm just saying. It was I'm probably just Al. Al. <laughs> All right. I'm just saying. Pushing. He was Putin. He's <laughs> pushing. Her, her fucking economics professor was uh, Karl Marx. <laughs> if my economics professor was Karl Marx, I wouldn't be sitting here with you fuckers doing, doing this podcast. Well, okay, but he was a lot older, right? No, he wasn't a lot older. He had to be uh, significantly older. He, did he have the saggy balls? He was probably 10 years older than I was. You seduced him? Mm. Mm. Did you sit in the front with your butt, your shirt on? Oh, my God. Down? Can we get through this? In a dress. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Mm. Jesus, what was that show, that movie? Uh, Basic Instinct? American Beauty. Oh, yeah. Man. yeah. American Beauty. <laughs> you was a temptress. Yeah, she's a temptress and a harlot. Hey, yeah, I used to have, I used to have a killer body. Yeah. Well. Yeah. I'm glad changed. you got a. I'm glad you got an A and or a B anyway. B, B minus. Yeah. B minus. It was. Yeah. You know. Really. She was a spitter to me. Yeah. <laughs> How to do it, man? Really? <laughs> you swallowed you with God be plus. 
<laughs> or at least B plus. <laughs> so anyway, um, I don't know what the hell I was talking about. Exactly. Uh, Nicholas. Uh, <laughs> no shit. <laughs> Nicholas II inherited the Russian throne when his father died of kidney disease at the age of 49. So his dad was kind of young when he died. Mm-hmm. In October 20th, 19, 1894. So his father was on the throne for 13 years. But like I said, he, he really didn't do a whole lot to um, prepare Nicholas to become czar. Now, Nicholas had met a young lady at a wedding, a young lady named Alexei, in Germany, who was the part of the German royal family and granddaughter of Queen Victoria. And they fell in love. She was of the Habsburgs, wasn't she? Yeah, and she was like 12 when he met her, and he was like 17, and he, he kept in touch with her. Um, so he wanted to marry her. Now, when his dad died, of course, he had to take over the task of becoming czar. And he admitted to close friends that he was not prepared to be czar. Now, much like, you know, Brandy is not prepared to do a podcast. Not prepared to take one over should something yeah. happen. God forbid should something happen to you. Well... The chain of command would be myself, then you, mm-hmm. then, you know, anyone else. And then <laughs> yeah. any, any monkey or yeah. any mammal, basically, with okay. a microphone. And then finally Brandy. <laughs> and then Brandy. Yeah. That's fine. Uh, he never wanted to become uh, czar. He, he just wanted to go, you know, he just wanted to live a he simple He wanted to play life. with his toy soldiers. Yeah, and he wanted to marry his... 12-year-old uh, girlfriend. Well, now she's grown up. She's 17, 18. Um, she's a pretty woman. She was, and that's Princess Alexander, Alexandria. And uh, he married her one month after his father's death. Now, there's a saying in Russia that she came in uh, behind a coffin, kind of meaning that uh, she would have never been a princess had, or or Tsarina had, you know, Ale- his father. The dad lived. never would have stood for it. Right. And she wasn't very well liked, uh, partly because she was German, although she was really more English than anything because she lived, she lived for a long period in England. But, um, you know, she's from Germany, and uh, this becomes a big factor later on when Russia goes to war with Germany during the First World War. But um, she never was into the whole rural thing, and she lived a pretty sheltered life, so... Um, she couldn't speak the language, so it was, you know, it was a tough, tough adjustment for her. Once he ascended to the throne, Nicholas II and uh, Alexandria got married, and they had, it was a big event. Um, it was the Princess Diana wedding of his day. It really was. It was a huge deal. Again, we're talking, uh, you know, how all those uh, royal families were related to each other, right? Mm-hmm. Um, and as I said, she was the granddaughter of Queen Victoria. So it was a big deal. They had this big wedding. And like you said, it was kind of like the Charles and Diana wedding, for those of you who are old enough to remember that, which was what, early 80s? Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. Your hair was all poofy. Yeah. Brandon, well, my hair was poofy. poofy. Hair. Oh, hell yeah, it was. But you remember... Th- 
there were a lot of people struggling economically, and so it didn't set well. Dad serves. Yeah, it didn't set well with the, all the public to see this big extravagant wedding take place. Um, and as I said, they wasn't that crazy about Empress Alexander. She was somewhat of a homebody. She preferred to spend her time in the palace, and she didn't really go out of her way to make friends. And she struggled with the Russian language, which any, you know, well, I struggle with the English language, so I can <laughs> certainly relate to her struggling with the Russian language. All she had to do was say, nyet. Yeah. Nyet. Nein. That's Not, German. That's German. That's yeah. my bad. She could say that. They're very similar. Yeah. The couple had their first child in 1895. That was young Olga. They had four girls and one boy. Of course, the young boy we're referencing is Alexei, who became the Tsarevich, the heir to uh, the, to the uh, throne, right? Because in those days in Russia, you had that the male uh, heir that was became, or the male, the male, the first male son became heir to the throne. They bypassed the women. I don't know mm-hmm. how you feel about that, Colonel. Well, you know, uh, I I believe in certain instances, like women are fit to run a household. Mm-hmm. They're well skilled and well round or qualified to run a household. Okay. But a kingdom, a vast empire, Timmy, mm-hmm. you really, um, you need a man. Okay. Um, and, and something, just a little little bit of trivia here. When they, would have, when they would have the baby, <laughs> mm-hmm. um, they would, the Russian people would all gather together when yep. it, she was given birth. And watch. And No, they did not watch. Oh. They would fire off a cannon mm-hmm. when the baby was born. Mm-hmm. And if it was a girl, they would fire the cannon once. Mm-hmm. And if it was a boy, they would fire the cannon 100 times. Yeah. And they fired the cannon once. Yeah, I will. Fucking amazing. I'm glad that it becomes more and more dramatic. Yeah. Well, the first child was a daughter. Her name was Olga, and she was born in 1895. The following year, uh, Nicholas officially became the Tsar of Russia. They had his coronation. Um, During a celebration of the coronation near Moscow, thousands of people were stampeded to death. So. That's not yeah, good. No, that's not good. Alexander, unaware of the event, Nicholas and Alexander were all smiles as they went on <laughs> to celebrate the coronation at a ball. Uh, this left a bad impression with the, with Nicholas's new subjects, <laughs> as you can imagine. Um, there was mostly serfs, Timmy. Yeah, well. In 1897, two years later, the couple gave birth. Well, not the couple, really. Really, I hate it when people say we're pregnant. It's really the woman who's pregnant. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Yeah. The man don't get all crazy and hormonal. Yeah. The woman does. Right. So, um, what do you think about that, Brandy? How do you feel people when they say we're pregnant and it's the woman that has to give the birth? Does that bother you? Yes. Okay. Thank you for that elaboration. <laughs> I, you know, no, people say that. And it, the fact of the matter is, you know, the hard part for the guy is over. We are not pregnant because you can walk away at any time, whereas we have to birth these things. Well, now, in fairness, you say the hard part. Okay. Now, in some, most cases, that's true. But in my, my case. Nobody cares about your case. I had to. Now, I not only had to fertilize an egg. 
devil, I had to split that egg in two. It was I a bank to, shot. Oh, uh, Timmy, do you know what kind of virility you have to possess to just split it? I mean, when my swimmers got in there, they didn't like attach and say, we're going to fertilize it. I had two swimmers there that said, no, that was mine, that's mine, that's mine. They just ripped the damn egg right in half. Both of them got fertilized. They got two out of the way at one time because that's how efficient I am at this. You have to be impressed that he had twins, Brandy. Oh, no. He didn't have twins. I did. Who split Renee an egg? Renee had twins. I split an egg, Timmy. I split an egg. That's all I can say. It, it, it kind of tells me that he probably went without sex for like six months prior to that event. <laughs> to get went the... like a fire hose. In. <laughs> <laughs> Jesus. Okay, so they have the coordination. People die. They're not aware of it. They go on and dance and, you know, go to the balls or whatever. And it left a bad impression. In 1897, they gave uh, uh, the Tsarina Alexandria gave birth to the second daughter, Tatiana. Fine, nice name. Uh, Tatiana was then soon followed by the third uh, child, Maria. And then finally in 1899. Hold on, Timmy. Mm-hmm. And each time. One the, cannon. One cannon, fired. and it, it was getting to. There was getting. There was getting stress. Yeah, because I they're mean, not the producing an air. Yeah, they yeah, weren't they're, producing one. That's her sole job. Bitch yeah. has one. Bitch job. has one job. Right. One job. Have a boy. And <laughs> apparently she couldn't do it. No. Well, you know, I think I I believe apparently, you know, the sperm wasn't doing its job. Well, it's really all about the position. Oh, don't, don't don't blame the sperm. Oh, it, yeah. I'm blaming the sperm. Yeah. No, it was the eggs. No. Nope. She had weak eggs. Mm-hmm. You have weak, weak eggs. She had female eggs. Mm-hmm. And if she if they would have done it, um, like say reverse cowgirl, that often gives you a boy. Yeah, I like reverse cowgirl. What mm-hmm. the fuck? Yeah. I like reverse cowgirl. Based on what? Based on what? Your many years of nothing. Flip of a coin. Yeah, <laughs> I did. I did it I based on the boys. shit that he just made up. It doesn't matter. It doesn't matter if it's true as long as you believe it. Yeah. Um, yeah, okay. you do it. You do it just regular missionary style. It's a fifty-fifty shot. Mm-hmm. You yeah. go reverse cowgirl. I like. Got, I got to make brandy. Reverse cowgirl is nice. Okay. And it's more likely to produce. A, I mean, look it up on Wikipedia. You and the economic professor, so. uh, reverse cowgirl. Get on with your story. All right. You don't like to share. See, this you you put up a wall between us, Devil. We're yeah, just this whole to podcast is you. based upon honesty. Yeah, it, it's like people people like to feel that we're a family, but you don't share. You don't share. We give you pieces of ourselves, but you give nothing. We give in our return. soul. I would like to give your pieces back. <laughs> if I could do that, that would be great. We share parts of us. Did I get a receipt for those pieces? <laughs> But All you right. don't give us anything in return, devil. All right. Back to this uh, I'm uh, a bitch that way. baby mm-hmm. machine here. In 1897, the, uh, the second daughter, Tatiana, was born. She was followed by a third named Maria in 1899. That's one year before the turn of the century, Brandy. Oh, good. Okay. And then fourth, in 1901, the fourth daughter was born. The very lovely and talented most famous of all, probably, is Anastasia. Anastasia. Mm-hmm. Anastasia no, she, Beaverhausen. She got a cartoon named after her. She did. 
Yeah. How many of you, can you say, have you have a cartoon named after you? I just have a song. All right. In 1904, finally, finally, the bitch does something right. Alexander gives birth to the long-awaited long heir, mm-hmm. Alexei. <clears throat> the parents were overjoyed that they now had an heir to the Romanov throne uh, and could carry on the family name and the dynasty. However, there was a problem, Colonel. Young Alexei was diagnosed early on with hemophilia. Oh, no. And now, she, devil, that means that your blood doesn't clot properly. Yeah. You want to see if you and have it? And you bleed. Do you want to see if you have it? He was a bleeder. He was a bleeder. Devil. We're, we're trying to break this down for you so you can follow and along. And at the time, of course, uh, that was not good. It's not good now, but at the time, it was almost a, almost a death sentence. You would, kids were not expected to live very long. And, of course, Colonel, this runs through the royal family. English. It comes from the English. Yeah. Um, as I said, Alexander, uh, Alexandria was Queen Victoria's granddaughter. Alexandria's brother was a hemophiliac mm-hmm. as well. And it runs through that bloodline. And so this is, again, another reason for the Russian people not to like Alexandria. Yeah. They, they give a defective heir. They considered it the English disease, mm-hmm. and she brought that into the royal family. That's some bullshit right there. That's like bringing that's. Now this would. It's like bringing the clap. To this the would yeah, Christmas kind of, or something. I think it's a little worse than the clap, <laughs> yeah. but yeah. It's like bringing bed bugs to so, Christmas time. Um, they tried all you know. They sought all sorts of medical treatment. They tried to hide the fact Alexi had this for a while. They didn't want it public. But whatever, you know, whenever he would fall or he'd get a bruise, I mean, he was subject to bleed internally and he'd be in terrible pain. And the doctors were treating him and it wouldn't, it wasn't effective. And a lot of times they were treating him with the main painkiller at the time, which was aspirin. Yeah, that was not, not effective when you bleed. Not effective at all. No, because, of course, aspirin thins your blood, right? And uh, that would make the situation worse. Now, in desperation, um, Alexander the Tsarina turned to a uh, mystic, a Russian mystic named uh, Rasputin. And as we said, there's a whole episode we do on Rasputin and his tales. Rasputin... um, for all of his flaws, he was a whoremonger and uh, alcoholic, and he had a big dong. Huge uh, dong. A huge dong. And evidently, he refused to die. Hey-o. He did not huge like, dong. He did not like to die, but uh, again, we did a whole podcast on him. But anyway, the one thing that he uh, was somehow able to do was to keep young Alexei alive, or at least the... Uh, Czar and the Tsarina thought that uh, Rasputin uh, had this power uh, on a couple occasions where he was, uh, they thought Alexei was sure to die. Uh, they reached out to Rasputin and he would say a prayer or he would tell them wisely, don't, don't let the doctors give him any medicine. Yeah, that, and that the cutting know, down on the aspirin helped. Yeah. And then uh, the next day, young Alexei would be up playing. Mm-hmm. And so, you know, if you're a parent, 
and you you've done everything you can for your child medically and he's getting worse and worse and all of a sudden this guy who's a little bit unorthodox and a little weird comes along and tells you hey do this and he's going to be fine and you do that and he's fine you're going to listen to him even though he you know has a reputation for groping women in public and getting drunk and whipping out his wang and he uh, did whip out his wang a lot he did even could have been president even at state (laughs) (laughs) grab him by the pussy uh even at state functions so anyway um they would uh they become they came to call him uh our friend uh uh, the czar and czarina in their when they exchanged letters they talked about rasputin as our friend we're not going to go into great detail about Rasputin. We've done that before. But um, he, he does play a role because he had a lot of influence over the Tsarina. Because there will be a time when she's practically, when the Tsar is uh, at the front during World War I uh, with his troops, that the Tsarina is pretty much running the show in St. Petersburg, running the government. And the person she relies on the most, Colonel, is... Uh. The Mad Monk? The Mad Monk. The Big Dong Man. The Big Dong guy with the Big ding Dong. Dong. Ding Dong Rasputin. I always listen to the it's man in jar. with the big dick, Brandy. Mm-hmm. Okay. When in doubt. When in doubt. Always go your... with the big one. Yeah. Thank you. All right. Um, the Emperor, uh, Nicholas II, he was a devoted family man. Uh, he... Uh, he hated the affairs of state and paperwork. He wanted to really just spend time with his wife and kids. It sounds like he would have been happy, just like to go out in the country somewhere and been a country gentleman and raise his kids and not have to worry about, you know, running a country. But unfortunately for him, that was his job. He was a czar. And like I said, it was almost a religious obligation he had mm-hmm. to... to uh, serve his country some people don't take that seriously Timmy yeah in 1890s uh, as Russia began experiencing economic growth it began to expand its empire to to the far east in 1891 the construction of the Trans-Siberian Railroad had begun what about the orchestra not the orchestra yet that came later okay connecting Russia with with Asia Man, I really want to go on a Trans-Siberian Railroad. I think that would be so cool. I think you would be cold. I would be afraid I would get stuck in Siberia. Yeah, if you do in the summertime. It's cold in Siberia in the I summertime. think it's always cold. That's why I think, that's why, that's why I, I think uh, we should send them in to the sun. Send them in to the sun. Send men to the sun? You know, like Mars. Instead of Mars, go right to the sun. Why would we do that? I think it would melt. I think you would melt. Oh, you go to not in the nighttime. Oh, clearly. <laughs> okay, that makes sense. Clearly. Come on, Chuck, <laughs> think things through. I know. I'm, see, I don't think outside the box like yeah, you do, see. Timmy. Oh, There's yeah. a reason why Timmy's God, a great thinker. God put me on earth to run this podcast. Yeah. <laughs> um, as a result of their expansion into Asia, uh, Japan felt increasingly threatened. And in 1904, Japan attacked Russia. Now... At the time, Russia had the second most powerful navy in the world uh, behind who, who, Colonel? Behind the British. Yes, Great Britain. They need to have a navy. Yeah. So Nicholas sent the navy, his fleet, over to Japan to teach him a lesson. 
And it took six months for the Navy, for the fleet to get to Japan. And the Japanese destroyed it in about 45 minutes. There you go. Mm -hmm. So that didn't go well. Um, so, you know, all these things are, you know, kind of, I mean, what we're getting here is the, the czar is making some mistakes and he's losing some popularity, right? He's got a, he's got an heir that is uh, sickly and likely to die before he ever ascends to the throne. Um, so people are suffering and the, the czar, his daughters, I mean, his fan, his wife, his daughters, they lived a pretty sheltered life. They didn't go outside the palace, or when they did, it was to go to you know to meet with other royal families. So they lived a they very were scared to. Yeah, they lived a very you know. Now on January fifth, nineteen o five, a priest, a uh, Orthodox priest named uh, Gapon, led a sizable. A demonstration. Him, Beauty and the Beast. I'm not sure. I believe it was, yeah. A sizable but peaceful, peaceful demonstration of workers in St. Petersburg. They wasn't asking for change in government. They were just asking Nicholas II to improve the working conditions and to establish a Duma uh, to just not to make decisions but just to consult, you know. And again, the czar was hesitant to do that. Didn't want to give up any power, Colonel. Um, and so they thousands of people marched in, in St. Petersburg uh, in this demonstration, this peaceful demonstration. It became known as Bloody Sunday. So anything time a, something becomes known as Bloody Sunday or Bloody it whatever. It typically started out peaceful. <clears throat> it, it did not end peacefully. What happened was... Uh, the, uh, the czar and his family was not at home at the time, and the protest was outside the Winter Palace in St. Petersburg. And a lot of people were marching, but a lot of kids and things were climbing, were climbing in trees. Mm -hmm. They climbed in trees kind of to watch the proceedings, right. demonstrations. And the troops kind of got frightened by the masses, the large masses of people, and they fired um, shots to warning warning shots, and they fired them in the air, where the kids started falling out of the trees. <laughs> so hmm. um, that um, created problems. So of course, this added to the czar's woes as people became very indignant that uh, that the uh, royal troops would shoot innocent people. In a peaceful demonstration, uh, there was, you know, general strikes all over Russia. Uh, so again, tensions mounting, Colonel, between the people and their czar, right? But just because you're in a peaceful demonstration, to me, does it really make you innocent? Well, yeah. Well, I mean, if you if you're not doing anything illegal, and they weren't, they were just they. they but just you don't know what they've been doing the night before, a couple uh, weeks before. Uh, well, you don't know. You don't know the past uh, history. Uh, well, you don't know. You don't, you don't know. know. I mean, that kid might have had it coming in the tree, Timmy. Well, there were more than one, but yeah. uh, despite that, it sounds was, like ne'er do wells to me. Yeah. It's kind of like a Kent State situation. I mean, it's kind of a lot like, of people got killed. A lot more people got killed in this than they got killed. That tree belongs to the government. Yeah, Stay I was at Kent tree. State. I know all about that. Okay, so you know then that uh, that didn't go very well. It so did not. you see all these things happening, occurring. There's there's civil unrest going on. Okay, now 
What happens in 1914, Colonel? Uh, 1914 is when World War I breaks out, didn't yes. it? Yes, and Russia, of course, enters World War I uh, to defend Serbia. Uh, and uh, they, of course, uh, join France and later Great Britain uh, in a fight against uh, Austria, Hungary, and Germany. Um, they had all these treaties, and they kicked in when, uh, of course, the Archduke uh, Franz Ferdinand was killed in Sarajevo. We did a podcast on that, Colonel. We did. We've uh, covered all of history. This is the last thing we can do, Timmy. No, that's not true at all. Uh, but anyway, Russia, czar. <laughs> so now uh, we, he's got the domestic problems at home. Now the war breaks out, and as and happens in most situations when there's a war or national crisis, people rally around their leader. Uh, so they did that with the czar. Uh, they rallied around. In the first month of World War One, Russia lost 70,000 troops. That's a lot, Timmy. That's a lot. War was changing. And before this, wars were like... And all these guys are related. I mean, you know, the King of England, the... You know, the uh, 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 you know, Wilhelm uh, in Germany. There, all these guys are related cousins, second mm-hmm. cousins, whatever. But anyway, back prior to this, there had been a general a European war for a hundred years. But prior to this, you would when there was wars, you'd send your troops, and maybe uh, this battle I would win. I'd win a little bit of land. Yeah. Next battle you win. You'd win a little bit of land. But what happened was the development of technology, uh, and now you know you're you're talking uh, machine guns machine and artillery guns, <clears throat> and planes, uh, planes and submarines, and, automobiles, uh, automobiles, planes, trains, automobiles, uh, great uh, movie. mustard gas. I mean, mm-hmm. uh, there were a lot more ways to kill people, a uh, large number of people. So this was in, different than anything the world had ever seen. So. In the first month of World War One, Russia lose uh, army performs poorly. They lose seventy thousand troops, and of course, uh, who gets the blame? You know, people started to get grumpy. Uh, you know, Nicholas II, of course, the Tsar, right? Because he's the man in charge. Uh, Rasputin, who continues to be a, an advisor to the family. Uh, on young Alexei's health problems, convinces the Tsarina that Nicholas should go to the front and, you know, lead his men into battle. And in his absence, so eventually that's what Nicholas does, and in his absence, um, the Tsarina, Alexandra, becomes really the uh, the head of state. She runs the show at home. She becomes the de facto king, Timmy. Yeah. Well, she's running, you know, the business at home, the country, while Nicholas is, you know, rallying the troops, so to speak. And she's getting her advice from? The man bunk, Timmy. Yeah. Rasputin, Rasputin. who is this, <laughs> who is most people viewed as a nut. A lunatic. Yeah, even people in Russia. And there was all sorts of nasty rumors that he was banging the Tsarina and almost certainly not the case, not true, but that was the rumor at the time. Uh, Because people, again, Tsarina was German. They're now at war with Germany. 
and um, you know the, they don't like Rasputin, they don't like the Tsarina, so uh, and they don't like the fact that she's running Russia with an iron fist. They're starving. People, you know, the the effect of the war is having at home is even more than at the front. People are, you know, there's they don't have bread. They don't, you know, it's like the potato right. phantom, Brandy. <laughs> yeah. This was the bread ghost. Yeah. Well, good. <laughs> Over the course of World War One, Russia endured major losses and subject uh, was subject to extreme poverty and high inflation. Um, the Russian public blamed Nicholas II for his poor military decisions and Empress Alexander for her ill-advised role in government. Uh, as I mentioned, because she was from Germany, suspicion, there was suspicion that she might uh, even be deliberately sabotaging Russia uh, mm-hmm. to ensure uh, defeat in the war. And that, this is not just like Joe Blow on Joe Public. There were a lot of um, uh, diplomats and like high-level people in like the English government. I don't the think they got a Joe Public. I got. I think they got a Sergey or some yeah. shit over there. Yeah. Sergey. Sergey Public. Yeah. yeah. What, whatever. Uh, by February, <laughs> <laughs> so people are starving. The war's going bad. They don't like the Tsarina. They don't certainly don't like Rasputin. Uh, 2016. It's turning into one of our podcasts. Yeah, 2016. uh, Rasputin is killed by some members of the inner circle of the Tsar, which freaks the Tsarina out because to her, he's the the, Rasputin was the only person keeping Keeping Alexei alive. alive, Yeah. yeah. Um, And I said we go to a whole podcast on his death, which is a whole episode by itself. It's a funny episode if you get back and check it out but anyway by february of 1917 um the czars uh nicholas ii's subjects were in an uproar and riots broke out in saint petersburg the bread riots uh nicholas was at the front uh headquartered near the front at the time when he tried to get home to saint petersburg uh the duma the duma had him turn uh, turned on him and prevented him from boarding the train. Um, they elected their own provisional committee, uh, and they basically told him that he had to step down from the monarchy. Now, again, this was a dilemma for him because he sees this as, you know, as a sin if he would advocate, right? But He's failing the Lord and Savior. So his first, <clears throat> his first thought was he would advocate past the 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 uh, throne over to his son young Alexei, and he was advised if he did that it would be certain death for Alexei. So he then tried to get his brother to take uh, take the throne, and his brother said, "I think I'll pass." <laughs> not today. Yeah, not today. <laughs> not today, Satan. <laughs> so on finally on March 15, 1917, which is coming up, is almost 100 years ago, and. Uh, he, Tsar uh, Nicholas II, advocated the throne, ending 300 years of Romanov rule. Um, so from there, uh, now uh, he was no longer in charge. Him and his family was taken into protective custody. 
The old protective custody, Kurt. Yeah, it's, it's not really meant to protect you, Timmy. Like when you, you know, told your doctor about suicide and you end up fighting with <laughs> yeah. the guy for the yeah, the janitor or whatever. Right, or the, for yeah. For the Mountain Dew. He was yeah. a security guard. He was being a dick, Timmy. Yeah. It was the evening of April 29, 1918. There was nothing remarkable about the first-class railway carriage except the presence of heavily armed guards out There's never been a faster or easier way to start your weight loss journey than with Plush Care. Plush Care accepts most insurance plans and gives you online access to board-certified physicians who can prescribe FDA-approved weight loss medications like Wigovi and ZepBound for those who qualify. Take charge of your health and speak with a board-certified physician about a weight loss plan that's right for you. Get started today at plushcare.com slash weight loss. That's plushcare.com slash weight loss. plushcare.com slash weight loss. If you're looking for plump lips that last, you need to know about Juvederm Lip Fillers. With Juvederm Volbella XC and Juvederm Ultra XC, your lip look, whether it's subtle or bold, can last up to one full year with optimal treatment and no additional maintenance. Find a licensed specialist and see if it's right for you at Juvederm.com today. That's J-U-V-E-D-E-R-M.com. Add fullness to lips in adults over 21 with Juvederm Volbella XC or Juvederm Ultra XC. Do not use if you have severe allergies or a history of severe allergic reactions, or if you're allergic to lidocaine or the proteins used in Juvederm. Tell your doctor if you have a history of scarring or taking medicines that decrease the body's immune response or that can prolong bleeding. Common side effects include injection site redness, swelling, pain, tenderness, firmness, lumps, bumps, bruising, discoloration, or itching. As with all fillers, there's a rare risk of unintentional injection into a blood vessel, which can cause vision abnormalities, blindness, stroke, temporary scabs, or scarring. For full important safety information, visit juviderm.com. Outside the door. Insights that a, a family whose faces had been immortalized through history books and pictures. Four pale young girls in white lace had their uh, hair tied back in satin ribbons, a sickly little boy in a sailor suit. This was the moment of truth for the Romanovs. The Russian imperial family had been disposed by the Soviet Revolution. Now they were making their final journey. The young and beautiful duchesses, Olga, Tatiana, these girls were uh, in their teens now, early 20s and teens. Olga, the oldest, Tatiana, Maria, and Anastasia sat beside their mother, the Tsarina, Alexandria, who was, as we mentioned, the granddaughter of Queen Victoria. And the young uh, Tsarevich, Alexei, uh, leaned on his father, uh, who was the former czar of all Russia, now just an ordinary citizen. Um, the special train took them uh, away f- from Moscow and to Siberia, where the um, Bolsheviks were had a stronghold. So they, they wanted to get them out of St. Petersburg in case the, um, white, the Russians white Russians showed up, showed up and re, uh, put them mm. back on the throne. They didn't want to take a chance of that happening, so they took them further into enemy territory, so to speak. Interesting, uh, during uh, uh, 
uh, Nicholas's father, Alexander III's reign, there was a, a an attempt to assassinate him. They caught uh, it failed, and they caught all the corporate. They caught all the uh, uh, assassins. One of them was a brother of a young man named um, Lenin. Oh no! Yes, who would of course would later become later become a beetle, and he would later become. <laughs> They had of the Bolsheviks. Here's so. something interesting about that train trip, Timmy. Well, we, okay, one uh, sec. The, the little one, the little boy, uh-huh. he had two uh, two bodyguards uh-huh. to keep him from falling, to keep him from doing whatnot. Uh-huh. His bodyguards chose to stay with him. Yeah. They had servants stay with them up to the end. In fact, when, yeah. when they, when they we, Brandy gets into this a little bit later, when they killed him, they killed the servants as well. Yeah, that was not cool. The Romanovs were taken. Away the ending. I'm sorry. The Romanovs were taken to. Uh, if I'm pronouncing this right, mm-hmm. uh, I'm sure Katrinaburg. Yeah. Uh, am I? Is that right? Katrinaburg, uh, which was the historic hub of Russia's old penal system in the <laughs> penal. I know. I said penal. Although the family did not know it um, at the time, uh, on that April day. They would face a firing squad in just 78 days. So just how did these most uh, aristocratic of all aristocrats fall so decisively from glory? A man limited, a man's limited political vision and ability. Again, he could not, you know, he was oblivious to the conditions of the people were living, his subjects were living. Um, He was an unlikely king. He was only 5'7", Colonel. Yeah, he wasn't a big guy. Uh, his wife would on him all the time to be more manly, uh, Alexandria. Um, he uh, fatally turned a eye, blind eye to social unrest, thinking that he was uh, ruling by divine right and that, uh, you know, whatever he said was meant to be. And uh, he had left, you know, he went to fight in the war and he left his unpopular wife, Alexandria, in charge. Uh, who was increasingly spellbound by Gregorio Rasputin, her holy man. Um, so a lot of things that led to their house arrest. Family was placed under house arrest and transferred to a small rural, a rural town um, where they had a small entourage, as you said. Thirty, They were 39 servants, a small entourage. Yeah, I mean, what kind of entourage do you roll with, yeah. uh, Brandy? My own entourage. Oh, okay. You have 39? I have 52. They, mo- they brought with them uh, many of uh, their treasures from the palace. In fact, when they get shot up later on, bullets start bouncing off of them because dre- the girls, their young girls, their dresses were lined with uh, jewels. Um Eventually, the uh, Revolutionary High Command uh, decreed that, uh, you know, that they couldn't have such, you know, all these servants and things. Because, you know, it was a communist, they were put in communist state, right? So it wasn't, they, they took all these away. And then they were basically living like average people with average clothes. And they shaved their heads. All the girls shaved their heads, which is, there's a picture of them with all their heads shaved. So they looked like... And Alexandria freaked out when she saw it because she thought that they looked like they were going to be, you know, going to their execution. 
which essentially they were. Um, the house that they put him in in Katrinaburg was called, it, it, Colonel, if anyone puts you in a house called the House of Special Purpose, Mm, it's not oh a good yeah. thing. It's probably I, not a good thing. See, now I would walk right into that one, Timmy. I, house of special purpose. I'd think, oh, here we go. So they went from because didn't you have when you was when you was uh, trying to pay for college, Devil? Didn't you work at the house of special purpose? <laughs> I know how you got your grades in college, but how did you get the funding for college? Didn't you? Didn't you work at a place called House of Special Purpose? No. <laughs> All right. So anyway, their new confines was anything but uh, was anything but uh, what they were used to. It was an older house. The windows would whitewash so they couldn't see outside. Um, the toilet wasn't working. Uh, they couldn't flush the toilet. And Colonel, that's a problem if you can't flush the toilet. You don't want to leave floaters around, Timmy. Yeah. <clears throat> they, were, they were confined to just five rooms. And, you know, you got young girls between the age of 17 and 22, and they're all in these, you know, and little boy, they're all in these five little rooms. They can't go outside. Um, uh, their clothes were that of just regular citizens. They no longer had the beautiful dresses and hats they had wore uh, when they were, you know, at the palace. They were young, um, and, you know, some of them started, they looked, they were pretty. Girls were beautiful. And some of them would kind of flirt with the guards. Mm -hmm. uh, so Brandy's going to talk about their confinement and their ultimate demise. So the family were allowed to keep their bed linens. Well, that's uh, good. Well, they were monogrammed. And well, they had the imperial crest. That way you know which, one, which ones belong to who. Yes. As well as uh, fine porcelain dinner plates bearing the name of Nicholas II. Alexandra had also brought supplies of her favorite English cologne, uh, as well as cold cream and lavender salts. So it's like Survivor for these people. Yeah. They're just taking the essentials. Mm -hmm. Yeah, and they pretty, I mean, at this point, they kind of know. They, they're, they're getting no news from the outside, so they don't know what's going on. Um, these were not the only potions on which, on which the Tsarina was reliant. She was plagued by migraines. She had heart palpitations. She got the vapors. She did. Insomnia, sciatica. Uh, mm. And she was hopelessly addicted to a whole range of drugs. All right, there we go. Timmy would have dated her. <laughs> oh, yeah, I dated her. I, I don't know. I would rather have had one of the duchesses. Because well, she was, she was kind of long in the tooth at this point. She was a pretty lady, Alexander, when she was younger. But, you know, I think uh, Olga, she's about 22. That's, I think by this time the woman was well over forty. Yeah, yeah. Don't, no, don't go there. We don't want to. We, no, I'm just saying you pissed off all of the women on our page. That's with out your, of really. Your, I mean, and that's shocking to you that this would happen. Well, I I want to say that older women make good lovers. Let's just you nip it over there. Just, <laughs> I love older women. You're embarrassing. They're beautiful. They're beautiful. You're embarrassing yourself. <laughs> They're beautiful, really. You're embarrassing yourself. I love older women. You're both embarrassing yourself. Uh, no, hold on now. And embarrassing me, come to think well, of it. Well, we always embarrass ourselves. That's <laughs> yeah. that's nothing. Okay, I, so, am, uh, I, I will have you know uh, that I am married to a woman over 40. No shit. And I believe she is one of the loveliest creatures I have ever laid she out. She is. Really, and seriously. what she's doing with you is just astounding. Well, I would, I, Renee she is She calls very, me Rasputin. She does not. <laughs> Renee is Never. very lovely lady 
but you got to admit, Colonel, the women who are on our page, and I found out that some of them are over 40. None of them look over 40. None of them look over 40. It's scary. Yeah. They're just, I believe they're doing something supernatural. We have the most beautiful women that follow our, uh, us on the Facebook group. We Actually, we do. Uh, yeah. we, we don't have the biggest following, but we got the, we got the prettiest following. And there's a lot of big boobs. So that thread came out the other day. They, you guys brought it up. You opened that line of question. I believe it was... Uh, no, it was Fallon, Fallon. posted a shirt. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. There was no questioning. There was no nothing. She tagged me. It was a lovely shirt. About and women I commented with big on boobs. it. Yeah. Big boobs and awesome. Yeah. We, we like big boobs. You, you like big boobs. I'm going to go with big boobs are awesome. You should, wear, you should buy that shirt for yourself. Mm-hmm. Does so, he have big boobs? Is that what you're implying? You know, I do not have big. I'm not implying. I'm not implying anything. I think. I think it, you, Colonel, not you're, you're, you're not, Colonel. You're not uh, embarrassed in that sort of area. I feel uh, over here. No, right I'm here. not going to feel right here. I'm not going to fill you up. No, those are nice pecs right there. So she had long ago admitted <laughs> to being saturated with Varanol, uh, a barbiturate. She also took morphine and cocaine for menstrual pain. I've said for years. <laughs> yeah. That's that why you did the coke. Morphine and cocaine <laughs> oh, yeah. should be available for women that have menstrual cramps. Well, I, I, that's only fair, and it should be available for people, uh, guys who have the man cold. Mm-hmm. Yeah, clearly. Um, it has been specul- Sinus infection, really, you should be able to get uh, morphine. Well, right. Well, at least opium. Yeah. Demerol. I love me some Demerol. Uh, it had been speculated. <laughs> we sound like junkies. Oh. <laughs> <laughs> You know, you spend enough time in the hospital. <laughs> I'm not really in any pain, but it's been three hours, so let's get, let's Let me hit that button. get this in yeah. here. Don't want to take any chances. No, no, you don't. <laughs> Play it safe. I know, and they're all, well, what's your pain level? Ah, seven. It's oh, a, yeah. It's a seven for sure. Yeah, could be, I, yeah, could be eight. I don't like that whole pain yeah. level yeah. thing. Could you be know? eight. I, I'm a, I always go with ten, you know. Well, here's the mm. thing. If I looked at you and said, yeah, I'm not really in any pain right now, but, you know, yeah. come on. The insurance is paying you. Just, yeah. just yeah. But I can feel it IV. coming. I can feel some pain yeah, coming. Yeah, I feel here. a twinge. Yeah. yeah, it could happen. So they think the czar was uh, high most of the time, too. Yeah, well. So yeah. you've got junkie parents and yeah. all these kids shoved in this room. Beautiful young ladies. Uh, it said that his childlike indifference to losing the throne was the result of smoking a mixture of hashish and psychoactive herb henbane. Well, oh, that would the probably, well, that would probably make you. Well, uh, but it was medical because it was administered <laughs> by a Tibetan doctor, oh, okay, and recommended <laughs> by and recommended by Rasputin to well, counter stress and insomnia. Did they have like a whole list? of They were ahead of their time. Did they have a whole list of the side effects that could have that could cause. <laughs> I don't think so. Losing your losing your uh, yeah. throne. <laughs> yeah, dude. I guess I'll step down. Right. So <laughs> they would. I, I would point out they were heavily guarded. At this point, because <laughs> they didn't need so to they be. so they basically turned into Cheech and Chong. <laughs> yeah, basically. So why you know what do they care? They had uh, they had tried to get uh, they had tried to get asylum in England, mm-hmm. and they were consi- England was considering it for a while, but then they backed off of that, and then um, then when they thought about trying to get them out, they couldn't. They had they had a church right across the street from the house and it had machine gun nest in it so i mean it was like there would it would have been a suicide mission to get them Mm. out of there um 
life in the house of special purpose was severely restricted. They weren't allowed visitors. They couldn't go outside except during the prescribed hour. Yeah, they got one hour a day. Um, and they were to talk no language other than Russian. Uh, the Tsarina liked to speak to her children in English. Uh, but she refused point blank to obey the edict to ring a bell every time she went to use the bathroom. Well, I would refuse that edict, too. That's some bullshit. But Colonel should have to ring the bell every <laughs> I'll time. I'll ring he... a bell. The Colonel should actually wear bell. a bell around his neck. <laughs> uh, daily life had become... Colonel doesn't have to ring a bell. Everyone knows when he goes to the bathroom. <laughs> daily life had become a matter of endurance. Uh, the family had one consuming obsession, uh, and that was Alexi's fragile health. Since April, the 13-year-old boy had been suffering from a reoccurring hemorrhage in his knee, causing him agonizing pain. Yeah, I guess that, that must be really painful. And, and now, of course, Rasputin, the man with the long dong, mm -hmm. is no longer around to, to massage it out. So, yes. uh, let's help. see. Doctors had already cautioned that Alexei would, would not reach 16 because of his debilitating illness, but he seemed now at death's door. The family was exhausted by a relentless round of all-night sessions at his bedside. Eventually, the splint was taken off his leg, and, and he could be carried out to the garden, but he would never walk again. By early July, the daily ritual of life at the house had taken on numbing predictability. The family rose at 8 in the morning and breakfast on tea and black bread. Ugh. Uh, the days were filled how, with... How often do you have tea and black bread, Brandy? You know, at least once a week, I guess. I don't know. Right. Uh, the days were filled with endless games of cards, patience, and the French game, Bézique, which was a family favorite, while Alexi played with his model ship and ten soldiers. The family dogs, Ortino, Joy, and Jimmy, provided a much-needed diversion. The family were required to stay inside 23 hours a day. One hour a day, they were allowed to step outside into some little crap-ass garden. It was like death row convicts. A little bit. <clears throat> yeah, During their hour in the garden, the girls and their father would walk the 40 paces back and forth, eager to make the most of their exercise time. They probably tried to get their steps in. Probably. Mm -hmm. It was a sorry picture. The man who had once ruled 8.5 million square miles of empire now was the master of a single room of his own in a small shitty garden. So he had a man cave at the at the house. Well but you know, it can't room. really be a man cave if there's, you know, six kids in it. No, you yeah I'm sure you have one room all to himself. I yeah, yeah, I think you have five rooms and uh so he had, yeah, he had one. Yeah. Uh, the kids all shared one. The evenings were filled with a meager supper, prayers and Bible readings, more games and embroidery and sewing. Yeah, it sounds pretty boring. Uh, the women spent long hours uh, concealing gemstones and pearls into the lining of their dresses to fund the life in exile of which they dreamed. On July yeah. 4th, there was an abrupt change in the house. The authorities were concerned that a rescue attempt was being plotted by royalists and the guards were changed. There was another reason, reason for this, and for the Tsar and Tsarina, it was, the sh it was a shocking one. On May 27th, Maria, the most flirtatious and attractive of the Grand Duchesses, she was hot, had mm, been discovered hot. during an inspection by commanders in a compromising situation with a guard named Ivan. Of course, mm -hmm. he was named I Ivan. He had smuggled a cake in for her 19th birthday, and their uh, friendship man. had developed quickly in the boredom of the house. Cake gets go a long way, Colonel. Mm. Oh, yeah. 
Ivan was sent to the city's prison while Maria, an elegant young woman with light brown hair and mischievous blue eyes, was reprimanded by her family. She got spanked. Tragically, in their final weeks together, her elder sister, Olga, and her mother froze her out, refusing to speak to her as punishment for disgracing them. Well, yeah, because she was, it was a commoner. You know, it wasn't so much that it was an enemy, you know, it was a guard. It was that she was fraternizing with, you know, well, someone you know, that was below Recognize her. your situation. Okay, but... And, and she got be, a fucking cake. I be mean, honest with us here, devil. There are times that you will bang a stranger for cake. Oh, God. Okay. <laughs> actually, saying. actually, a couple weeks yeah. ago, I, I would have, yeah. a couple weeks ago, I just sold one of my kids for a freaking Jello pudding pop. All right, let's see. Uh, he was sent to the city's prison. She was, you know, froze out. Uh, outside, civil war raged. The ranks of the White Army, which opposed the Bolsheviks, had been swelled by Czech deserters and the Austro Austro and Hungarian armies. They were rapidly gaining ground in. Ekaterinburg. Food in the city was rationed, and typhus and cholera had taken grip. Yeah, so they're worried that they're, they're, they're going to try to bust them out. The mood grew increasingly ugly. Forty-five members of the local Orthodox diocese were murdered, their eyes gouged out, tongues and ears hacked off, and their mangled bodies thrown into the river. That's some shit. Seems a bit overkillish to me. Uh, but inside the house of special purpose, an air of unreality reigned. It was getting hotter and hotter, and the inhabitants of the building had now settled into a state of restless boredom. How are you bored when you're high all the time? Well, I think the they kids got the, are not I high. think they got uh, supply cut off. Um, and the kids are not high. Well, you know, maybe at some point, maybe you need to think about that. Well, the other thing, too, is, you know, if you're going through withdrawals, that would suck. It would. Uh, the atmosphere was increasingly claustrophobic. The Tsar and Tsarina continued to write their diaries every evening, although there were no grand banquets, affairs of state, or courts, or court gossip to relate. Only their joy when the frail Alexei had been well enough to take a bath. Very hot, went, went early to bed as awfully tired and heart ached more, wrote Alexandra on uh, Thursday, July 4th, 1918. A guard described the czar's melancholy aspect. You know, they need a candy crush, Colonel Blake. They mm. get yeah. solitaire or something. Uh, a guard described the czar's melancholy aspect of downward calm and dignity that crumpled when he thought he was unobserved. He would watch his children play, his soft blue eyes full of tears. For her part, the Tsarina was a broken woman. Gone were her delicate features and lovely golden hair. Well, she family, was a drug addict. The family had learned to be stoic, and their awful fate loomed. See, uh, her grandmother... Queen Victoria, she didn't want her to marry Nicholas because she was afraid that the political unrest in Russia, and she advised her against marrying. But she, you know, she was in love. Those women will do some strange things when they're in love. They'll do anything for Tierra, Timmy. Yeah, she wanted that crown. In Britain, George V had withdrawn his earlier offer of asylum for the family. Uh, in fact, the fate, the Romanovs' fate at this point hung in the balance. Bolshevik leader Vladimir Lenin was aware of their demise, wait a minute, was aware that their demise would anger the Kaiser because the Romanovs linked with the German royal family. But his advisors were telling him that Ekaterinburg, uh, mm -hmm. that's the city they were at. Yeah, I just can't say it. I know, it's different. Could soon fall to the Czechs. And the imperial family would prove a rallying point against communism. Yeah, they could put him back on the throne. 
the Lenin didn't want to piss off Germany because Germany, uh, he, he was uh, he was exiled in Germany. Mm-hmm. Germany sent <clears throat> him yeah. uh, him and his, the Bolsheviks to, by a special train into Russia to stir up some shit during First War, the First War. It kind of was a smart move, Colonel, to uh, to cause civil unrest. It, that eventually did get that got Russia out of the First World War. Yeah. Kind of a smart. It was a little too little, too late because the U.S. got involved. But the deeply religious Sarina wrote to a friend that she and her family were readying ourselves and our thoughts for the admission to the kingdom of heaven. At the house's special purpose, the guard book the guard book recorded as it had for many days. Everything's the same, but ominous preparations were in hand to liquidate the Romanovs and to keep the matter a state secret. A nearby mine shaft had been identified as a suitable burying plate, burial place, and a doctor had been ordered to procure 400 pounds of sulfuric acid to destroy the bodies. See, they go, they go overboard with this shit. Yeah, I was watching. Have you ever seen The Downfall, Colonel? It's on Netflix. It's about uh, Hitler's final days yeah, in the bunker. Yeah, I have. And uh, in that, they they were scrambling at the end to find enough gasoline. Yeah, no, they don't want the people to get a hold of his body. Right, to to uh, to catch his and uh, Ava Braun's body on fire after they died. They had to take it out of, like, parked automobiles. So it's the same situation. They're getting the, the acid together so they could dissolve the bodies of the Tsar and Tsarina and, and the kids. Tuesday, July 16th, began uneventfully for the Romanovs, but their guards were putting into place the last plans for their execution. Assembling an army, an armory of guns in order to carry out their task and ordering 50 eggs from local nuns to help give them the strength for the task ahead. On one occasion, a laundry woman witnessed 17-year-old Anastasia sticking her tongue out at the head of the hit squad, Yakov Yervoski. And while there are no indications that the children were aware of their impending fate, two of the guards got cold feet and said they would not shoot the girls. They were sent away. Uh, At 3 p.m., the family walked around the strip of unkempt garden for the last time. After evening prayers, they went to bed, and in the early hours the following day, they were awakened and told the White Army was approaching and might launch an artillery attack on the house. They were to go downstairs for their own safety. The Tsar got up immediately. The women put on their dresses sewn full of jewels and pearls as they had rehearsed for a rescue attempt or sudden flight. You know, and and you might think the Russians or the Bolsheviks were paranoid that they felt like they had to get rid of the Tsar. But, you know, the U.S. was involved in that. I mean, the U.S. was involved in yeah. the support uh, and Great Britain uh, of the supporting the white, the white Russians. And, you know, when you think about what happened in the French Revolution, how the countries try to overthrow that, how Britain and, and Russia and all the countries try to overthrow the French Revolution, you know, you could see they had reason to be concerned that, that you know, that uh, there would be an attempt to re, reinstall, reinstate, them. reinstate them as... They always thought state. if they would have had, had they uh, exiled them to Britain or even Germany... Mm-hmm. Um, it would have put an end to the white Russians. The white Russians would have had no cause to fight for. Well, or... Or to bring them back, but the white Russians could have kept fighting and they weren't really going to win that one anyway. Yeah. Soon they emerged, uh, all neat and tidy, as one guard observed, 
At 2.15 a.m. on July 17th, they were led down to the basement. The czar was heard to turn and say to his daughters reassuringly, well, we're going to get out of this place. Proof, some say, that he was a true martyr who was full aware of the horror ahead. Anastasia carried her sister Tatiana's little Pekingese, Jimmy, down the stairs. And these little girls, I mean, these girls were, you know, 14 to 19 years mm -hmm. old. They were ushered into a storeroom lit by a single naked bulb. The windows had been nailed shut, and true to form, Alexandra complained that there were no chairs. <clears throat> Next, the family and their servants were lined up as for a last sinister official photograph. Yeah, they told them they were going to take their picture. Then they were left alone for half an hour as their assassins downed shots of vodka. Re-entering the room, a guard read out, read out a statement sentencing the family to death. The faces before him registered blank incomprehension. The family crossed themselves and a man walked toward the czar and shot him point blank, point blank in the chest. He's kind of the lucky one because he got it first and it mm -hmm. was his right, killed him right away. Other guards fired as his body crumpled to the floor. Half drunk, the guard shot clumsily, hitting the Tsarina in the left side of her skull. Next to her, poor lame Alexei, too crippled to move, sat transfixed with terror, his ashen face splattered with his father's blood. Nice picture. Thank you. Yeah. The moans and whispers from the floor testified to a botched job, but it was the children who suffered the most. None of the Romanov girls died a quick or painless death. Maria was felled by a bullet in the thigh and lay bleeding until repeated stabbing in the torso snuffed out her life. Yes, it, uh, they they had these jewelry sewn into mm -hmm. their, to their were dresses. Knocked the bullets out. Yeah, and then the bullets were ricocheting off of them. So they they had one. They're supposed to have one assassin for every person, for like for each girl and, and the Zara right. Tarina. They had one assassin. And it, and it you know it's a small concrete little basement, and they start firing and the these bullets, bullets are, are ricocheting, ricocheting around. and it's you know it's yeah. foggy, smoky. They okay. didn't think this through, good No. So, uh, let's see. There are her sisters were eventually finished off with an eight-inch bayonet. Olga having been shot in the jaw and Tatiana in the back of the head, after she tried to escape. What should have been a quick, clean execution had turned into an orgy of killing, with only the thick clouds of gunpowder smoke obscuring the full, the full horror of it. The last of the women to die was Anastasia. A drunken guard lunged after her like an animal, attempting to pierce her chest with his bayonet. Eventually, the head of the hit squad, Yakov, whatever his name is, took his gun to her head. Lexi alone was still alive, the young heir to the throne. He was wearing an undergarment sewn with jewels, which acted as a flak jacket. Uh, Yakov fired his colt at, into the boy's head, and he slumped against his father. It had taken a frenzied 20 minutes to kill the Romanovs and their servants. In the panic moments that followed, Yakov's men staggered from the room, choking and coughing. Yeah, Shaking really... and disoriented, one of them vomited as he emerged into the cool night air. Yeah, it made him sick. Yeah. Meanwhile, upstairs... In the house of special purpose, Alexei's King Charles Spaniel, Joy, barked. His ears pricked, and he was waiting for his young master to return. Yeah, horrible. It or was horrible. <clears throat> and the officer in charge of this execution, Timmy, Jackoff Yurovsky, Jackoff, um, was, Jackoff. were later claimed 
claim, they claimed the bodies and burying and covered them with acid. They claimed they were buried in an undisclosed location so that the burial site would not attract anti-revolutionaries. Yeah, right. Because, I mean, in the beginning, after this happened, people didn't believe it, right? Right. And even up until, what, 10 years ago, there was some question whether... Anastasia, at least Anastasia, Anastasia and Alexei yeah. had escaped. Um, but go ahead. In 91. Mm-hmm. Now, he claimed two of the bodies were buried separately so it would confuse anybody looking for the remains. And, and based on Jackoff's notes here... Um, Jackoff. Jackoff. The, the people in the house called him Jackoff. All right. Um, based I'm, sure, on, I, I'm sure the czar called him Jackoff. He did. That. In, in 1991, the crushed bodies of Nicholas II and his wife, along with three of their five children and four of the servants, were exhumed. Um, the remains of Nicholas, Alexander, and three of their children were ex- excavated in a forest near Yekaterinburg in 1991 and positively identified two years later using DNA fingerprinting. How the hell did they use fingerprinting? DNA, for, never mind, just DNA fingerprinting the crown prince alexi one of the romanov and one romanov daughter were not accounted for fueling the persistent legend that anastasia the youngest romanov daughter had survived the execution one of the several anastasias that surfaced in europe in the decade after the russian revolution and i believe this woman man you know, they had several of them. People come forward and say that they were really the, they were really Anastasia. And this woman, I, she had me convinced, but, I, I'm, but go ahead. Well, one of the several ones was Anna Anderson, who died in, in 1984. She was the most convincing. But in 1994, however, scientists used DNA to prove Anna Anderson was not the Tsar's daughter, but a Polish woman named Franziska. Schwankowska, hmm. who had been uh, who had been uh, who had been uh, living in a mental institution. <laughs> there you go. Now, much mystery has always surrounded Anastasia's fate. Several films have been produced suggesting that she lived on, especially the most famous one, the Disney one. Mm-hmm. Um, this has since been disproved with the discovery of the final Romanov children's remains and extensive DNA testing which connected those remains to Nicholas and his wife. Yeah, so they said, the Yakov said... Jackoff. That they had buried them, they had buried, uh, they had buried all of them together except for two, right? Mm -hmm. And they buried them in a different location. And so there was always the thought that uh, Anastasia and Alexei somehow escaped and were free or was helped or to escape or whatever. Mm. But they found two graves eventually. Well, after the bodies were exhumed in 1991, they sat in laboratories until 1998, while there was a debate as to whether they should be reburied in Yekaterburg or St. Petersburg. A commission eventually chose St. Petersburg. The remains were transferred with full military honor guard accompanied by members of the Romanov family to St. Petersburg. In St. Petersburg, the remains of the imperial family were moved by a formal military honor guard cortege from the airport to the St. Peter's and St. Paul fortress where they, along with other loyal servants who were killed with them, 
were interred in a special chapel in the Peter and Paul Cathedral near the tombs of their ancestors. Yeah, they, and, and they kept two tombs, two tombs uh, open mm -hmm. because it, uh, the bodies... For when that, they found them. Yeah, because there was two missing, right? Right. And the whole family was later canonized by the Orthodox Church. Now, President Boris Yeltsin attended the internment service, and he was probably quite drunk when he <laughs> I'm sure was there. Sure, he was. We have to podcast on Boris Yeltsin sometime. Mm -hmm. uh, late, the late summer of two. Now, let's jump ahead here, Timmy. Okay. Late summer two thousand seven, a Russian archaeologist announced the discovery by one of his workers. The excavation uncovered the following items in two pits, which formed a T. Forty-six human bone fragments. Bullet jackets from short barrel guns and pistols, wooden boxes which had deteriorated into fragments, pieces of ceramic um, which were used for containers of acid, iron nails, iron angles, several fragments of teeth, fragment of a fabric garment. Now the area where the remains were found were near the old cop. Koptayaki Road under what appeared to be double bonfire site several yards from the mass grave. Yeah, so it was where close. the other bodies were, bodies were found. Yeah, so it was real close to where the the first the first uh, grave was found. Yeah, the general directions were described in Jackoff's memoirs, owned by his son, although no one is sure who wrote the notes on the page. The archaeologist said the bones are from a boy who was roughly between the ages of 10 and 13 years at the time of his death and a young woman who was between the ages of 18 and 23 years old. Anastasia was 17 years old and one month at the time of a murder, while Maria was 19 years and one month old. Yeah, they, they seem to think it was Maria and not Anastasia that was... And see, that, see, Disney could have done a, a movie or a, sh a cartoon on Maria and Anastasia. Yeah, I they know. got it all wrong. Yeah, Alexi would have been fourteen. Alexi's sisters, Olga, yeah, and you know, why you name a girl Olga? I, I mean, who wants to bring home? You know, she's going to be a dominatrix when she grows up. <laughs> she is. She's going to be hitting people with. The yeah, uh, the cat o' nine tails, mm, ball gags, all the, all, the, all the things yeah. that Brandy has in her desk drawer. Yeah, you don't. Oh. Yeah, hmm. Do you get that stuff by off the internet, or do you go to the lion's den and buy it, Devil? I don't. I no longer go. Have to go to the lion's den. There's a hustler store right up in Monroe. Oh, that's right. You got the high class hustler store up there too. You already would know. you consider yourself a dominatrix by uh, preference? No. Okay, continue, Colonel. But would you do it for money? You'd be a financial dumb man. All you have to do is tell guys on the internet to pay, send you money. That'd be like, I'm, I'd do it myself if I could. <laughs> <laughs> what a fucking ripoff, man. I've been selling women's underwear on that for the last three years. Yeah. Nice. I go up to a... You still Renee's? Is that... Are you no. making sure they're ripe or are they, just you just go. taking them out of the package and sending them? I let Rudy run around with him for about four days on. There you go. <laughs> Sell him. Oh, my God. All right. Yeah. So, anyway, um, on April 30th, Russian forensic scientists announced DNA testing proved that the remains belonged to Alexei and his sister, Anastasia. Well, so it was Anastasia. 
DNA information made public in July 2008 has been obtained from Yekaterinburg and repeatedly uh-huh. subject to independent testing by laboratories such as the University of Massachusetts. Very good. <laughs> That's good. Medical yeah. school. Yeah, so it's... it's and reveals that the final two missing Romanovs have been accounted for. In 2010, Alexei and Anastasia's remains were buried with their family. Do you know how they found, they determined, they verified the DNA of Alexei and... Uh, from that shirt. And Anastasia, yes. The mother's DNA they had, but they didn't have the DNA from Nicholas II. Mm-hmm. Mayaconda DNA, that's the mother's, I guess. But they didn't have it from Nicholas but they went back to that museum. They, they had lost a shirt. Remember I said he had been attacked right. in Japan? They had lost a shirt, but somehow it, it turned up. And then they, they had enough DNA on that to verify that that was indeed Alexei and Anastasia in the second grave. So no more mystery there. This would be an unsolved mystery if we had done this 10 years ago. But, but we didn't. But we didn't because we didn't have a podcast 10 years ago. True. Okay, Brandy, your final thoughts on the death of the Romanovs. It's sad and tragic. Yeah, those poor young girls. And you know they've been hot, Colonel, just a few more years. They would have probably been pretty hot. On that poor boy. Good Lord. Alexi. Yes. Yeah, I mean, you know, they they had to shoot him three or four times. He looked like once would have been enough, and he'd spring a leak. (laughs) (laughs) Really? (laughs) All they had to do was give him a good paper cut. They didn't have to get all that crazy with him. Right. Just use a potato peel on one of his fingers. He would have been, give him about a a week. and and he's done. He's give him a week or two and he's done. Oh, I'm feeling weak. I'm feeling, I'm... Colonel, your final thoughts on the Romanoffs. Not one of the funnier ones we've done, but we had a lot of of people who expressed interest in us doing it, so... Well, we tried to maintain our professionalism throughout this. Now, the devil here wouldn't cooperate at times, but... You know, it's um, like, uh, I I always feel good when we do history podcasts, because, you know, you remember WKRP in Cincinnati where... Andy Travis, the program manager, mm-hmm. I was always trying to get John, mm-hmm. Dr. Johnny Fever to play a, a, a top 40 hit. Yeah. Yep. And he would never do it. And every once in a while he would do it, and Andy Travis would get all excited. Yeah. That's how I feel when we do a real history podcast. You feel like we've done a top 40 hit yet? I, I, no, I mean, I feel like we've done something. Today. Just He forgets he writes this stuff for us. Yeah. We just read what we're given. Yeah. We don't even now, get Colonel, choices. The Colonel suggested this. I did suggest this after my son played the homophiliac in the the play. Mm -hmm. Did he meet Mr. Jackoff? (laughs) Eventually, he did. (laughs) It was an ugly meeting. Colonel, hit us with some shout-outs. Hit us with some shout-outs? Please. All right, well, let's start out with with a uh, birthday one. Oh, yeah, we got a couple birthdays this week. Um, well, first let's get Stewie Benton because we need to get Stewie Benton. Yeah, you've been ignoring him, and I, Stewie's. I, why uh, you gotta be not like have that? Him? Yeah, you've been a prick. And why, you, why are you like a, that? A, a seems like a nice guy. A dedicated listener down He's in Australia. He's a lovely Australia. guy. It seems I know. wrong. That I thought you I got like him last him. week too. All right, well let's get it right. Stewie Benton. Stewie. Good day. Uh, good day, mate. Good day, mate. No. Good day, mate. Don't do that. And yeah. you know what? I should have had Ali call in and do his. 
happy birthday. That would have been good. Doesn't someone want you to do a uh, f- uh, a uh, do their voicemail for them in your Colonel voice? Oh, yeah, God. Jen Wicks. Yeah, you gonna do that? I think uh, that would be excellent. I would not. I would have to call a phone or so. I don't know how to. You well, would. Do could it. I guess it. I could record it and yeah. send it to her. Yeah. So yeah, That's I'll do that for. And who's turning fifty today, Timmy? That would be I don't know who is Mike that? Rosen. Oh, Mike Rosen. Yes, Mike. Happy fiftieth birthday to and you! I think Mike's from New York. I think. I do not know where I'm Mike not sure, is but from. I think so. I'll look that up. But you continue, Mike. Happy birthday! I hope it's an awesome birthday. Happy we got birthday. some new people. Wait, I'll wait, say. wait! We had a birthday this week. Uh, lovely Tiffany Bell, the Tiffinator. Yeah, the Tiffinator. Exactly. Happy birthday to you. Yes. This is fucking ridiculous. What's ridiculous? It's a garbage can. That's what it's for. Oh, you open your you open a a yeah garbage yeah full of his old man candy wrappers. I just went to I just went to the Family Dollar and bought some more today. So what do you expect? Jeez. Um. Okay, you looked that up. I'm gonna. But anyway, happy birthday, Tiffany. Tiffany Bell. Tiffany Bell. Um. Of course, Tasha and Ophelia, Miss Ophelia. I haven't heard from Tasha in a while. I hope she's doing the okay. lovely Tasha. Jeff Girdley, Sam Hildebrand. We, we got, got problems, man. Mike Mike is a Patriots fan. Ah, that's all right. That's all right. Oh, yeah, because we want we them to beat Pittsburgh. We one sin. No, we want them to beat Pittsburgh this week. Yeah. So. Okay. We want them to get the ass whooped by the Packers after that. But. Uh, he's in New Hampshire. Oh, Okay. So sorry about that, Mike. I said New York. He's in New Hampshire. He's from New England, which happy, makes sense. Happy fiftieth to you, Mike. You're gonna the fifties aren't so bad. You get a little sore. You get a little, but I, I feel like I've held up okay. Yeah, you're you're almost dead. I'm glad Go you ahead. feel that way. Yeah, you're you're close to death. Jennifer and Linda Siemens, of course. You know, uh, uh, and Hunter, Hunter, yeah. and and everybody in their family. Yeah, they got Deborah a they got a great family. Deb Deborah Chappell. Um, Missy, uh, you know what's funny is you look at pictures of, of Linda and Jennifer, and then Jennifer's daughter. Jennifer has got a very pretty daughter. Mm-hmm. They put in, but Jennifer and her daughter look just alike. And if you look at Linda, you can see how Linda and Jennifer look just alike. So mm-hmm. that gene's just been passed down. Mm-hmm. Um, Missy Dean Horton, of course. Amazing how genetics work. D got to be a prick all the time. Missy is it Dean in your Norton. contract? D always got to be an asshole. I'm just trying to give shout outs to people here. It is actually just... in, in her contract to be an asshole. Oh, okay. Oh, see? See, okay. You should get Do a, you even you have a contract? I, I'm, I'm, he I'm, does, and he cannot. Uh, you can, uh, Brandy, I'm giving Brandy permission to do an independent project, which I think is a great idea, Brandy. So you, Brandy has permission to pursue an independent project. You, on the other hand, do not. You're under contract. And you are prohibited from pursuing an independent project. Although I will let you appear on Scotty J's Neener. podcast. I will Neener. appear on Scotty J's, but I think Timmy, it's I think you're doing the women out there great injustice because I think women out there want to hear from the colonel how they could be better partners. Well, no. I think they do want to hear that. No, uh, continue, Colonel. Okay, we got Britt and Chris, of course, in Celine. By the way, I saw Hidden Figures over the weekend. It was really good. I heard. I heard it's very good. Yeah. Dr. Jeff. Celine Cole. Celine. Dr. Jeff and Dawn. And Jeff just informed me today that, you know, Dawn's very lovely. She's a beautiful But apparently woman. she was a shoeless hillbilly I in the woods that. when Jeff found her. You know what? Somehow I don't believe that's true. No, because you know what? I'll tell you this. When I met Renee, she was from Norwood. She lived in Norwood. 
So look what I turned her into. Uh, Danny a McNamara is uh, from Norwood, so be careful. Yeah, yeah, oh. but she was from the bad side of Norwood. A West Sider. You turned her into a West Sider. I turned her right into a Westwood. Teresa Slavin. Tommy uh, Boomershine. For those who are not in the area, there's a big difference between East and West Cincinnati. I never understood it, but there oh, is. it's there. It's there. It's Shonda there. and Larry. Shonda just put up how. Shonda just put up a big post on what you do if you're going to a protest. How to be prepared to put mark your name on the sharpie and Shonda take a sharpie. And, uh, Shonda and Larry. Yeah. Yeah. You need to wear you need to wear something so you don't have to get out of the protest. You know what you potty. you know what you you need to do not 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 uh, climb up and sit in trees. That's a good idea. Yeah. The Bridges, Clark, Linda, Diane, Colton, Phyllis Munson, Aaron Wentz, of course, and Donna and Donna Curran and Tucker, Brian and Lisa Lawton and Olivia Meyer, Kate McCarthy, Bridget Clavey, Byron Snellings, Denny, we just said Denny's name, Denny McNamara, William Truax, Amber Krupp, the beautiful Katja. The lovely Katja. Gina Spillane, Crazy Trixie. How'd you like to spend the night? I mean, how'd you like to start at about 3 o'clock in the afternoon, Timmy? Mm -hmm. Start drinking and spend till about 2 o'clock in the morning with Trixie. I think Trixie would be a lot of fun. Oh, I think it'd be one of the funnest nights of your life. She's just insane. And you know, Trixie would have taken out the Romanoffs. She would have. She would have. And... Then she would have taken out Lennon and the communists. Yeah, yeah, yeah. She would have yeah. had complete anarchy over there. Stephanie Quick, of course. Sydney and Michael. Um, Jamie Tarantino, I just boxed up something to send you today. So it will be on its way to you. Laura O'Reilly, Gabby Lewis, John Cunningham, Tara V. Bond. Gene Bond. Lydia. Uh, the lovely Brandy McBride, Maggie Glover, Jeff Appel, Christine Bourgeois, Katie Moorhead. There we go. Mary Ray, the lovely Mary Ray, Marvin Hammond, Andy Volley, Cheryl Musco, Keith Frosty, Becky Mitchell, Angie Drake. Hope you're feeling better, Angie. Steve Miller. Nick Starr, Nicholas Starr, Natasha Davis, Neil Eagleton. Uh, here's a new one for us, Timmy. Maja, Maja Zanalki. Yes. Hi, Maja. Here's another new one. Ali Nett. Hi, Ali. Christine Hauer. Aaron Fowler. Allison Shields. Um, of course, Diane Student from History Goes Bump Podcast. Yes, thank you, Diane, for all your kind comments on History Goes Bump and please check out her podcast. History Goes Bump. Also check out The Vanished with Marissa Jones and Insight with Allie and Charlie. And we got Leif McAllister, Stephanie Liam Pauling, Tammy Ennis, Valerie Murray, Tristan Anderson, Nancy Weller, Anita Darden, Jessica Winchester, the lovely, lovely, lovely Carla Nelson. Amber Trevino. Uh, Carla Nelson, of course, my longtime friend from Portsmouth, Ohio. Yeah. Um, and I made a friend on her page, Nancy Clark. Wonderful okay, woman. Great. Very funny woman. Angie L., Karen Alden, Norma DiMaggio, um, Lisa, Andy Smizer. Lisa Sloat Lockridge. Okay. 
Okay, just throw that name. Tammy. Lisa. Tammy Ennis. I just got Tammy. All right. He's not even halfway through his list. Brandy Chris, Dees. Christine Hauer. I got Christine. All right, go ahead. Callie Jones. Skip Fayou. Um, Susanna Sheldon. Jennifer Miller. Marion Buckwall. Jeffrey Dolan. Stacy Lynn. Liz Evans, Brenda Deutsch, Jessica Bishop, Jim Moyer, Michael Daniel, Amelia Roscoe. Uh, Don't leave out Elise this time. Or she's with child, for God's sake. Hi, Elise. Okay, Elise with child. Mm-hmm. Timothy um, Charles. Pavlova. Uh, let's see, Maddie Kennan, Heather Marshall. Terry Helmsley, Carol Nash, Kevin Behan, Lise, of course, the lovely Lise, Mike Traber, John Janke, Jeff Hopkins, and Daza, Heather Eric, Hall and Heather Poole, there are two Heathers there. Erica Clements. Brittany Powell. Erica Clements. How about Terry Hemsley? Terry Hemsley. It's not Helmsley, Timmy. It's Hemsley. Okay. What's Denny's last name? Huh? What's Denny? McNamara. Uh-huh. Aaron Fowler. I got Aaron Fowler. All right. All right. Um, let's see who we got here. M- Melissa Lebrano, Mike Arnold, Mike Paul Mampilli, Cindy Overstreet Hamilton, of course, Jennifer Potts, Maria Barber, um, the lovely Christina Montana, mm-hmm. Christina Hodgins, Steph Glenn, and... Uh, Entrepreneurial friend, Annette Petre. Of Obsessively Calm. Mm-hmm. Rebecca. Ma- Megan McKee. I want to just give her a shout-out. She, she's listening. And Justin Bordeaux's new listener, I think. Megan or new McKee. to our page, anyway, I should say. Okay. Make sure I, make sure I get those names. Well, Megan I McKee. send them to you all the time. I tag you all the time to pe- put, add to your list. and. You are going around and not doing your job. <laughs> Neil Eagleton. This Thank is like being the IRS. I got Neil already. Rebecca Montanle. Lovely lady. L- yes, very lovely. Mike Eisenhower. Danielle Fredrickson. Andy Sparacho. Um, Nancy, I'm sorry your Chiefs got beat like that. Um, Nancy Palomino Jalapeno. Kim Kazmersky Kamikaze. Jennifer Hawkins. Tara Nietzsche-Chinchilla, Lindsay O'Brien, McMillan, Sunyana, Eddie Rushing, Yo Handler, Sammy James, uh, the very funny Jason Dykes, Amy Carol Payne, Tyra Jenkins, Robin Sanchez, of course, we already got her, but we'll give her again, Jen Wicks. Yes, Jen, um, thank you for joining the group. Thank you for joining and, uh, the group. And shout out to Angie Drake, she's having a bad week. So's Monica. Yeah, so Monica okay. and Angie. Uh, Angie, I just got Angie and said, oh, Angie, I hope you're feeling better. You're oh, not paying attention I'm to me? I'm sorry. Well, we do hope you're feeling better. Uh, TJ Youngblood, Thomas Tui, Dave Hill, John Gray, Don Gordon, Kirsten Good, Kirsten Davidson, Susan Angles, lovely little Emmy Waterfall, Christian Dormer, Danielle Fredrickson, Amber Fuller, Peter Fulmer, Ron Ratchke, um, of course, Kelsey Fro, of course, George Hushler, Alan Dobbs, 
Colleen Matson, and we'll get into the Colonel's crew right well, now. Wait a minute, did you talk? Did you say Kate McCarthy? I yes. did. Okay. Yeah. Hi, Kate. We wait for her to come in, sit in on a podcast. Um, let's She's see. She's local. We, you got Cheryl Moscow, right? I got Cheryl. Okay. Angie Ball. Will you tell him you're fucking that chicken and leave you alone? <laughs> it's, it, just we go through this leave, every time. I just don't want to leave anyone out because we have great listeners, and I care about our listeners. We're obviously you guys care less, but go ahead. That's all right. If, if that's you care, you'd it. be reading this motherfucker right here, but I'm reading this son of a bitch. So okay, go ahead. Who cares well, about that's why you got From one your pa- perspective, who that's would you say I, cares about the listeners? I, I composed the list. five pages of script. Brandy had four pages of script. You had two, so... You could do the shout-outs correctly. So please do them correctly. You know, I'm about to put a mint in my mouth. All right, continue, Colonel. Um, no mint. Because I'm getting a little dried out. I'm getting a little parched here, Timmy. Continue. This list is... Continue. Been... Did you get Laura O'Reilly? Uh, Laura O'Reilly? And John Cunningham. Yeah. All right, good. Okay, we got... Let's see who we got here on Team Colonel Liz Keating. Liz, we'll st- what are you doing on Team Colonel? She, you, she, she seems like girl. a very bright young no, lady. No, 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 no. She, she, she is. That's why she. We got. Get Shannon Russert. Huh? Get Shannon Russert. Yeah. All right. She's on Team Colonel, Timmy. Okay. That's Shannon Russert. I, I can't understand that one either. Um, we already got the lovely happy birthday girl, Tiffany. Mm-hmm. Um, Radika Smith. Lovely Radika Smith. Angela Cobes. Scotty J. Monica, I hope Monica D. Agostino. Monica, I really do hope you're having a better day and a better time. Um, of course, you can't you can't get into Team Colonel or Beautiful Women out without mentioning our, our, just a lovely, lovely young little girl here, Fallon. Yes, Fallon. You know, she the most she the most lovable girl you ever she met. She is. The very lovely lady. Um, Amanda Bocce Ball. Amanda's very lovely as well. Um, we have more Amandas. And this, now this just blew me away. We have a lot away. of Amandas. I'll or, no, we have a lot of Ambers. We do have a lot of Ambers. But you tell me, you were not blown away the other day when we were on the page and one of our listeners said, I'm going to be 45 this year. Yes, I was shocked. Yeah. Because if you would have told me 30, 31, I would have said, yeah. Mm-hmm. So, uh, but anyway, a shout out to Jessica Williams. The lovely Jessica Williams. Very lovely, and I do not believe for a minute, but uh, Francis Darton. The lovely lass from Ireland. Lovely lass. Um, Janet Fitzgerald, who's working hard on her, on her new schoolwork and her job and her, her child, and she just... Very busy all the time, so we appreciate you taking the time out to listen. Did you get Amber Croup? Yeah. Okay. Karen Teresa Barnes. Slavin. Who? Teresa Slavin. I did. Okay. Jennifer, of course, Jennifer Burdick. Sarah Spaghetti Mimosa. Um, and speaking of striking and beautiful women, Nicola Reed. Uh, yes, attorney at law, and your um, your niece, Dominique Wagner, my lovely niece. I, I, you know, I love my nieces too. And she's a, she's an attorney at law. Went to the she's University a, of Cincinnati Law School. Welcome uh, to the show. And she passed the bar. First she try. Did. She's very bright. I don't um, know and then we got she all, must got all the brains in the family. She did clearly. 
We got our Aussie friend and her uh, her ginger partner, both lovely women, um, both very smart women. Allie yeah. and Charlie from the Insight Podcast. Yes, we love Allie and Charlie, and we're going to meet them when we go to CrimeCon in June, and we we would uh, welcome all of you to join us in Indianapolis, where we will meet. And uh, we would love to meet you and have dinner and enjoy I have drinks. already got Charlie committed. Charlie said she will commit two misdemeanors with me. Okay, cool. Mm -hmm. um, so, okay. You know she will. She's final crazy. two, so let's go. That's it. I'm wrapped up. Colonel, yeah. Colonel wrapped up here. Really? Well, uh, for the shout-outs, if you give me time. All right. So we got the lovely lady. Congratulations on to your daughter. She's going, yes, Miss Lady gosh, Beverly. Her daughter amazing. going to Cambridge. Um, and amazing. yes, we have as she put on the page. We've arranged a marriage between her daughter Alexandra and Logan. Um, uh, her daughter, as you just mentioned, it was accepted to Cambridge University, which is very prestigious, and that's quite a accomplishment. Yeah. Oh, it's quite. It's like being accepted, as she said, Harvard, there, Harvard yeah, or Yale Stanford here, or someplace. Yeah. It's like getting into Stanford here. Yeah. Um, it's like you getting into Cincinnati State. Basically. <laughs> it's, 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 <laughs> yeah. It's basically it's like me getting invited to join a country club. Yeah. <laughs> I mean, yeah. But, um, but yeah. So congratulations, Alexandra. No bad. Beverly and Graham must be Beverly and Graham must be very proud, and of course, I don't even have to say a name. She is the one that we do this show for. Um, the the lovely, lovely, lovely Dottie Scott. Dottie, we hope that enough people got killed in this episode for you. We hope that it was gruesome and bloody enough for you at the end yeah. there. And we got a creepy one coming up next. Wouldn't you agree? It's very creepy. And and I just can I just throw in here that as we're doing this, Timmy Timmy looks like a bookie because Timmy has now switched to he carries two phones with him. I know. He's got a burner phone for the girls he does not want to give his real number for. You know, drug dealer. Yeah. No, it's not drugs. He's got his regular drugs. phone and then he's got his burner phone that he he say pay fifty dollars for. For women, for the women, he don't want to have his real number. Well, what can I say, Brandon? <laughs> Nothing. A, that's, that's just damn baller right there, devil. It's fifty I mean, bucks. That's, it's not baller. That's straight up baller right well, there. When you gotta carry, people. when you gotta carry two phones to keep your it's women, just, keep them into two categories: the good women and the women I don't want to give my real number to. That's baller, Timmy. Well, for my. Uh, you know, if you're not that important to me, you end up on my T-Mobile little burner phone. And then if, if you are special to me, then you end up, your number ends up on my iPhone. By the way, he needs to give you a new phone number for it. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. You switched phone numbers, did you? Brandy. Yes. Uh, uh, where can people find us? You can find us on Facebook. Yes, we have two pages. We have the Facebook page, which we post history-related articles. And then we have the probably the most interesting place on all the internet. Wouldn't you think, wouldn't you think so? Buddy? I think so. It's our Facebook group. It's called History Dweebs, the podcast. Join that group. Everyone that we mention here, all of our listeners are a part of that group. We have a great time. It's a great group of people. They're funny. They're intelligent. They're attractive. And uh, we invite you to join. And again, that's History Dweebs, the podcast group. Twitter. Twitter, you can follow us at HistoryDweebs1, or you can follow, if you would want to follow Charles, you can follow the Colonel at HawkWalters, 
anywhere else, Brandy? Uh, iTunes. iTunes. Please leave us a review. And we got several nice reviews uh, over the past few days. And Thank you. We just want to thank. Yeah, because we the, was taking a beating there. For uh, a we got a couple of bad ones, yeah, ran right at the end of the year. But we got uh, 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 several very nice Diane reviews. left us a nice one. Diane from the Stu- Diane History, Go, from History Goes Bump. History Goes Bump. A Diane student from History left us one. She's very kind. Um, Brody, 4311, left us one. Uh, very nice one. Chris M. left us one. Uh, and Vamp927 left us a very positive review. All five stars. Thank you very much. Also, for those of you who mention us on other Facebook pages like History uh, Podcasts We Listen To and uh, left uh, Last Podcast on the Left, all those pages that you mention us when people are talking about various different uh, podcast suggestions, we really, really appreciate it. It brings in new listeners, and uh, we're setting records every month. And uh, we look to set a we're new record. our own records. We yeah, are. I mean, records. for us. I not mean, a huge not, bar to jump. You know, we're not setting all-time records for every, you know, podcasting in general. But we're setting new records for us each month. And that is because we're getting good reviews on iTunes. And all of you are tuning in and spreading the word on other uh, Facebook pages. Spread and, the gospel. And, and Spread on, the gospel. And on uh, Twitter with uh, Karen Barnes and, of course, uh, fat fat ba- boy Gardner. Fat boy Gardner, who's neither fat a boy or a gardener. Yeah, it's amazing. Um, anyway, thank you all for joining us, and uh, we'll catch you next time on History Dweebs. Bye-bye. Bye Good bye, bye, everyone. Even when we're on a budget, we still deserve nice things. Quince is a place to scoop up stunning high-end goods for 50 to 80% less than similar brands. They have buttery soft cashmere sweater starting at $50, luxurious Italian leather bags, and so much more. Plus, Quince only works with factories that use safe, ethical, and responsible manufacturing. Get the high-end goods you'll love without the high price tag with Quince. Go to quince.com style for free shipping and 365-day returns. When you need mealtime inspiration, it's worth shopping Kroger, where you'll find over 30,000 mouth-watering choices that excite your inner foodie. And no matter what tasty choice you make, you'll enjoy our everyday low prices, plus extra ways to save, like digital coupons worth over $600 each week. You can also save up to $1 off per gallon at the pump with fuel points. More savings and more inspiring flavors make shopping Kroger worth it every time. Kroger, fresh for everyone. Fuel restrictions apply.